Um, but yes, and also I wanted to shoot out there a uh, hashtag RH Biden, uh, hashtag RH Biden, uh, which is going to be, uh, if you don't know, you have to watch Will's show from last night. Uh, but we've established that RH is probably Biden's, uh, probably his brother. Um, definitely they talk the same and I think they're almost on the same brain level in regards to intelligence. So you'll have to watch Will's show to figure that one out. Uh, but we're going to go with that. So I want to do a show today and I was actually talking to, um, Snorlord, but before we get started here, make sure you guys, um, I am live on rumble. Um, and I am also live on Twitch. So we're going to go over here and we're going to click this real quick and let me go over to this button right here and we're going to go here and let me click on this and let's see if this should be working. I will drop the, let me click on this right here. So this is my, let me pause this right here. This is also my Rumble channel. So you guys can also check that out in the chat right here. Make sure you are subscribed to that. Let me paste that there and hit send. All right. I wanted to hit that also, but let's get rid of that right now. So make sure you guys subscribe to my Rumble channel, too, because I'm also over there on Rumble, and I'm on Twitch right now, and on Twitter. But I will not be staying very long on Twitter, so you'll have to check me out on either Rumble or YouTube or Twitch. Um, but I did want to talk about something, too. So if you are in the trucking, share this out if you are in here and you've got a page and you're in trucking. Because I talked to Snorlord, I believe, either Monday, I think Monday or yeah. I'm going to say Monday. Um, he's very hard to get a hold of. He doesn't answer the phone. Usually I have to do some type of block so he can't see that it's me before he answers the phone. Um, but I talked to him in regards to some of the stuff that was going on with freight. So I kind of wanted to go over this because we've got a lot going on. So here's the first thing I'm going to talk about, though. So the first thing that has been going on has been... Um, broker transparency, right? And I'm going to go talk about this right now. I'm going to tell you why this is, you know, my opinion on this real quick, because it, it's popped out a couple times in regards to broker transparency, and I wanted to do something on my channel. So this is going to be real quick and real easy to understand. So with broker transparency, they want, um, and some people have even put a comment on my page, you know, get ready to show me how much money you make and all this other stuff, which, okay. Um, but with broker transparency, what it basically does is what they want to set up is the minute I am a broker and I book a load with a trucking company, I basically, um, 48 hours later, the carrier that moved the load has the right to request, uh, all the paperwork on the load, seeing how much I moved it for, how much I had in it. Um, so let's say I had a load for $2,000 and I offered it to him for $1,500 48 hours after he sees the load, he's able to, to see exactly what I build my customer. Okay. Now, drivers want this because they, they want to know how much money they're not getting from brokers. Um, because it's, you know, we, we, we live in that society where, you know, everybody is, you know, equal and, you know, it's, it's, it's that type of situation where I need to know how much I didn't make and I need to know how much you're making so we can all be equal so we can, you know, 
get rid of the capitalism and, and, and live our communist, you know, socialist type life. But the other aspect I wanted to break this down for people was there's a lot of things going on right now in regards to getting rid of small businesses and middle America. All right. So I did a show about this in regards to middle America. So with middle America, um, a lot of times with automation and things like that, they shoot to get rid of the middle work, the middle America person, right? That medium person in, in that chain, like, uh, automotive. A lot of the people that worked automotive were replaced by, uh, automation, right? Things like that. Uh, we're seeing a lot of small businesses being attacked, uh, because the small businesses, they're also being pushed to the side for the big conglomerates and all this other stuff. So, Basically, with the broker transparency, what that basically is going to do is it's not going to hurt the C.H. Robinsons, it's not going to hurt the TQLs, it's not going to hurt the Schneiders, the Landstars, or any of the big trucking companies, or any of the big brokerages. It is not going to hurt them. Okay? So I'll explain why. They are also freight forwarders. They have FF numbers, they can run the loads through freight forwarding, um, and they become the shipper, and now at that point, they're the shipper, done deal, right? They're out. So in regards to those companies, the larger companies that can either be a freight forwarder or run it through you know, multiple brokerages, it's, it's not going to affect them at all, all right? So they're going to push out smaller brokerages or... They're going to push out trucking companies, smaller trucking companies that want to get their brokerages to expand and grow their business. Uh, having, a business having a brokerage is a key factor for having a small carrier grow. It allows you to get you know, customers, it allows you to move more freight, and just like Just Trucking says, and, and I know he's not in here even though he watches all my shows, um, know your worth, right? He says, know your worth. So my answer to that is when someone like Just Trucking says, know your worth, well, if you're a one truck trucking company with one driver and a one man show, you can only haul one load. Okay. So if you were to measure the worth of someone in regards to the truck driver with no brokerage and regards to a carrier with a brokerage, I'm worth more as a brokerage or as a broker, then just trucking is worth as a single trucked carrier. Okay? That's understanding your worth. Know your worth, he says all the time. That's his big thing. He hates brokers. But using that philosophy, the broker that can move all of the loads is worth more than the truck driver that can only move one load. Right? So he's got a little flaw there in his... Uh, thought process. Okay. So what broker transparency does is it makes it very difficult for a carrier to go out and get a brokerage because if they broker any freight out or they give, let's say they haul four loads and they broker two loads out to another carrier, they then have to share that information with that other carrier in regards to how much they're charging their customer direct. And that's not something a carrier is going to want to give out to their competition, right? So that's so it, it. What it does is, it literally hurts small businesses and small trucking companies 
from growing by starting to build up a brokerage and be able to go to direct customers and be able to move direct customer freight. Now, I know some of the truck drivers are thick-headed and they're just going to stick with the fact that they're going to say, I don't care, I want to know because I'm never going to have a brokerage and I just want to know. Well, the other, I'm just telling you that that's actually who it's hurting. It's hurting you. So another aspect that everybody wants is to get rid of the freight broker. Now, it's very difficult to do that, but you got to be careful what you ask for. So I was talking to Snorlord on Monday and... Uh, so you can text me and let me know if you can come in or if you're busy. But I was talking to him on Monday and me about what's going on in freight. And I'm actually going to click on his video and play a little bit of his video. So let me go to my display. Let me turn off this. And let me come down here and hit play. I had an interesting conversation with the broker yesterday. Can you guys hear that? So I'm, I'm trying this short haul game with one of my trucks because of what the needs are. And... I'm holding the line, and I have to deal with an empty truck this morning. And and so, by having access... I am, but I shave my head. Um, I shave my head, sick. So, um, it's a little bit different. He doesn't shave his head. He just he just bald. Says to broker software, I took a look at this lane. So, there's this lane that they're only wanting to pay 550 on. It's a short, you know, North Carolina to North Carolina. The whole load is perfect except for the rate. It's a straight through. Um, but it, it just, it, it's not worth it. I have to do something else. Now, the tr we'll find a load for that truck today. And maybe that same load will be there today. Because um, this was towards the end of the day I was having this conversation. I have this broker who... I've never booked a load with him that I remember, but man, he is a go-getter. I talked to him on the phone. He's, I talked to him on the phone, and and let's just—I mean, he's—he's he's, you know he speaks English and all that, you know, but but I could tell he's not a people like person you know he, he he does lack some social skills nice guy seems like but he but what i admire about this guy is he has been pressing on me for loads for trucks <coughs> he is a go-getter which is good he's got the right mindset he's got motivation right now so cool now will he have discipline that's a different story so he's been bugging me hey you have any empty trucks you got any empty trucks you got any empty so you know i give him a chance you know and so finally had one that was just right. It was a load of pallets. He's like, man, we're trying to move this for 475. I'm like, yeah, that's 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 not gonna work. So this is all email conversation. Actually, we got into a chat, Google chat or whatever. Which, by the way, Google chat can be very beneficial when it comes to dealing with your normal brokers. Just saying. I've, I've utilized that quite a bit. So anyways... He would not budge. I got him up to 550. I asked for 800 because that's what it's worth to me. Now, with the cost of fuel and everything else, and he said it's a straight through, so you can add another load to it, but I've been bit by that little bug before. So I, I at least want to cover my daily costs just in case that doesn't happen. All right. 
So that's why I asked for the higher amount. And I won't say the amount I will do it for, but I will tell you this. When he came up to 550, that's not it. So I look, so he's like, well, now they're not, you know, I have to get approval for your amount. So I come down a little bit off the 800. He's like, so this is all text, by the way, which is what my preferred method of talking with this dude. And he's like, man, now they're not even answering me. Okay, they just answered me, 550. They're not budging off it because they know they'll sell this. That was one quote. And the second one is, is they will probably wait until tomorrow morning to see if they'll move off that. All right. Meanwhile, my truck was going to be empty late last night, so I wasn't too worried about it. I'll find something. I tried to book ahead. I worked on his truck all afternoon yesterday. Specific parameters are very challenging because it, it li literally gives you a, a small limit of, of what you can do. But I can deal with it, right? I, I, I'm that way with my own truck at times. Now, remember, he's out there watching the load boards, working with customers, and he's basically saying, hey, um, I can't move for the rate that you have it at, and but there is, this is, you know, the rate I can move for this much. But he will not budge. They won't budge. So I get it. So I, I, I bring up my broker software, and I look at what that lane has averaged on paying shipper to broker. <laughs> Thousand bucks on this lane. Now he told me that 550 they're taking a loss. Ah yes, the old were taking a loss. I see it, buddy. I see it, Nevada. So I see a couple of the same loads posted by other brokers and they're even lower than than what this broker was at. I'm like, come on people. This is a race to the bottom. This is why I left Landstar. Because agents were cutting each other's throats to get the trucks to move their freight. And that's what brokers are doing now. Their volumes have dropped. So they're going to the customers and they're trying to undercut each other. So uh, the other thing, too, is what I wanted to kind of bring up for everybody to start to think about is... I mention this all the time in regards to China and chips and Taiwan and all, you know, what's going on with Taiwan and chips and, you know, what they make. And a lot of the stuff that we've just shut down in regards to China is AI, high-end chips, uh, things for AI. Now, uh, AI, and, and you know, I've had Will kind of break it down for me, AI is basically the chips and the processors that almost teach other chips how to work and how to what to do and things like that. It's high, It's basically very intense processing, and it's, there's a lot of analytics into it. There's a lot of algorithms into it, um, and everything is moving into that AI. AI does things like self-driving vehicles, both cars and trucks, um, and, and that type of processing of information. Well... AI is moving into the world of, of logistics, right? It's called dynamic marketing. So a lot of the stuff that me and Snorla were talking about was the fact that he could almost, because of his observation, he observes very well, he started to observe the fact that he knew what something was going to pay. So it didn't matter if which broker he went to, 
he saw that, let's say you're going from Missouri to Dallas, right? St. Louis to Dallas. It doesn't matter if it was C.H. Robinson, TQL, um, Joe Schmo brokerage. All of these basically had the same price. So they were probably at, they were all coming out of the same customer, but they were all within very small margins of each other. Okay. So he basically said, okay, that doesn't, you know, you know, how are they always competing? And this is a big thing in trucking. I hear this all the time, right? Now, this is not something that um, I deal with as much as I've been, me and Will have been talking. He can vouch for that. But with in regards to van freight, what you guys have to understand if you're a van and you're not going to want to hear this, you are just another analytic. You are just another algorithm. Okay. All the way up to the CEO of a company. Businesses function on algorithms and that's what you are. You're an analytic or you're an algorithm. So there's no feeling there. There's no emotion. Basically, that load has to get picked up and delivered. And there, there's an, uh, a factor in regards to that, and it's how much can we move that for. And to figure out how much that is, they want to optimize that pricing as much as they possibly can. Okay? So it's, it's just another algorithm. They don't care about your truck cost. They don't care about me. They don't care about the brokerage. They don't care about anything. It's how much and what's the algorithm and what's the numbers. That's all that's basically business is. That's how businesses are built. That's how they function. Um, they're not done, you know, business isn't done with emotion. It, it's done by algorithms and analytics at this point. So one of the things that I basically started to dive into was how a lot of these companies and how a lot of these things is, um, on algorithm or is it the algorithm working you exactly, basically, um, but what are the some of the stuff is how are these brokers all using the same numbers? How are they all in the same area? Okay. So when it comes to van or if it comes to simple legal flatbed freight that goes consistently, the pricing and where do they come up with their pricing and how does this factor? And more and more companies are moving into what's called dynamic marketing, dynamic sales, dynamic rate um, quotes, dynamic pricing. Because what they're finding out is the old way how freights used to be quoted doesn't work that well, okay? So what they're doing is they're saying, and I'm going to go down, I'm going to explain how freight used to work and how it's working now compared to what we used to do. And see, see uh, Canadian broker probably did the same thing I did. But what they do now is there's so many other factors. So this is the DAT board, all right? And there's only 885 people have viewed this. Uh, this is called rate cast on the DAT board. The DAT board is one of the major uh, load boards, and it is something that a lot of truck drivers use in regards to 15-day averages and, and so on and so on. Yes, uh, been giving dynamic pricing for years, but now it's more intense than you think it is. Uh, so this is the DAT board. This is something any freight broker or customer can have um, and, uh, and can use. DAT. Today we're going to look at how the rate cast feature in RateView can help freight brokers to make quick, informed pricing decisions. Over the next few minutes, I'll show you how to figure out how much you'll pay for a load that picks up on any day in the coming week, and how to use our new rate cast feature from DATIQ to bid on RFPs and inform your long-term business strategies. All right, RFPs and RFQs are basically rate proposals, right? They're they're asking for you, hey, I need these 50 lanes quoted. They're each going from 
St. Louis to various places, and I need you to get me prices for that. You can also use Ratecast to advise your customers on the most cost-effective timing for pickup and deliveries on their loads. So let's get started. The first thing you'll do after logging into RateView is select single lane lookup in the top left corner of your screen. Choose the Now a big thing is uh, what customers normally do is they basically say, hey, um, at one point we're like, that wasn't their job to quote freight, wasn't their job to handle that. They would let the broker handle that freight, right? They'd have to let the broker say, okay, what does this cost? Now remember, this is, this is a legal freight and fairly consistent freight. Um, it's not going to handle like, let's say oversize or different things like that, because there's a lot of other factors with oversize, but legal freight that runs consistently, let's say bottled water out of Niagara water that they ship a thousand loads a week, let's say, um, to the same places. The equipment type, origin and destination for the load you're working on. You can click history to see the rate trend on this lane in the past 13 months, or you can look at the Ratecast tab to see the forecast for the next eight days. If you want to compare Ratecast rates to historical data, do keep in mind that our historical data is only shared if we have a minimum number of reports. So you'll want to check in the top left to be sure you know what market area you are looking at. If you are comparing forecast rates to historical rates, there is no fuel surcharge in forecast rates, but historical rates do include the fuel surcharge. And so you will have to click the subtract fuel surcharge on the right to compare apples to apples. Looking closely at the graph, you can see that the rates are supposed to be lower at the beginning of the week than the end of the week. All right, so it's already telling them right now that on Tuesday, you can see how the prices go up in this little, um, it starts to spread out and it starts at $1.32 to $1.44 and $1.38 is right there in the middle. So now you're a freight broker, you're working with C.H. Robinson, you're looking at this type of software to know that this lane should pay approximately this much money, okay? Um, and this is your fluctuation window. So now, uh, that's on Tuesday. Well, on, let's go with Friday, it's dropped down to, it's gone up to $1.50 a mile. So you could have it fluctuate up to $1.50 a mile because rate, last day of the week, last day of, um, last hour of the day, last day of the week, Last day of the month, freight always pays more uh, because a lot of customers are on uh, performance clause. They got to get it out. They either got to get it out by the end of the day or they got to get it out by the end of the week or they got to get it out by the end of the month. So this system right here is based on algorithms, um, and it is now telling freight brokers or shippers a pr the, where this pricing lane is to the minute, to the hour of the day. They can now factor in what things should pay. And it rhymes, and the poet didn't even know it. So if your customer is able to pick up earlier in the week, you should be able to save some money. The graph shows a series of dots, one for each day, and a shaded area with borders on top and bottom. The shaded area... All right, so basically, let me go to the next dot. Shows the up All right, so right here, when she clicks on the dot, she'll say forecasted rate. That means from eight days from now, they're expecting it to pay $1.39. Uh, the upper forecast interval is $1.50. The lower uh, is $1.28. Well, I have to explain this like 2 plus 2. I wish it was that forecasts. simple. The dots are the median of those ranges. These rates take into account external impacts like seasonal patterns, days of the week, business cycle patterns, and more. They factor new information in real time, and that information is updated daily. Although it can't predict things like natural disasters. Well, I am your great, 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 great granddad. That's why I wear this hat. 
disasters, Ratecast will react to disasters in real time. The important thing to remember is that Ratecast does the math for you, so you can quote prices with confidence knowing how much it will cost to move a load on any given day. Say a customer asks you to bid on a book of business. 52-week rate cast will help guide you so that you can prepare those bids with confidence. If that freight needs to be moved on a particular lane, you can use our single lane lookup to quickly look up the future spot rate on Well, if you keep going, I will chew your ass. That lane for the next eight days or the full 52 weeks. You will find the new rate cast tab where you are able to see up to 52 weeks of rates being forecast. Now this was back in 2020, so it is way more than it, uh, from now than it was back then. Select single lane lookup at the top of the page, choose your equipment type, input origin and destination and click search, which will generate the rate forecast on that lane. If you're looking at moving freight across multiple lanes and you want the rate forecast on all of them so you can do RFPs, you can request a custom report with that information from our data analytics team. Now that you have the ability to look forward with DAT's new rate cast feature, you can contract freight with peace of mind and not have to base your price solely on last year or seasonal trends. And that's it for our RateCast overview. Easily find answers to frequently asked questions and additional training by clicking the question. All right, so that is RateCast through DAT. That's pretty much the simple one. I'm going to get rid of these alert, sorry. Um, but there's a lot more of these now, right? And they do a lot more to the point, let me see, which one do I got here? Um, let me hit this one. Hey there, I'm Johnny Cargo. Me and my buddies at 123PL, one of America's leading third-party logistics companies, carry our clients' business on our backs. Yeah, literally. One of the main tasks of our operations team is to track and measure key performance indicators, or KPIs, to identify potential improvement areas. So, what exactly are these KPIs? Freight management involves multiple functions, each intricately connected to the other. These functions have key metrics that pertain to costs, as well as shipping, delivery, and order-related numbers. Closely tracking and monitoring these KPIs is extremely important if we want to radically transform operations and drive higher growth and profitability. Here are some of the KPIs we track at 123PL. Excess oil charges, on-time delivery, detention rate. Oh my God, sounds exhausting. I know, I know. It's a pretty bad thing, but the software is what they're more concerned about. Trust me, everything will begin to make sense once the rubber hits the road. If you wish to improve your operational efficiency, you need to get a digital dashboard and start measuring these KPIs. And I don't mean my truck dashboard. That's different. I'm referring to smart load boards, which are highly advanced digital platforms that help you track most of these critical... All right, so basically, what, these, what this is actually doing, and I'll go into this here, I don't think you guys are in a truck, is they are literally keeping track through AI on what they should be paying you and how they how pricing should work. It's no longer up to the broker. It's up to a computer. And I know everybody wants, oh, we want to get rid of brokers so we can make more money. You're not making more money. You're actually losing money um, because they're not giving you the extra money when they cut out the broker. They are pocketing the extra money to turn a larger profit in the industry. Okay. So that's a good point. I have no idea uh, why the lips are so big on the guys. It's one of those trucks, I guess. Who, who knows? Drag queen truck. Either way, um, they are basically pocketing that extra money. It is not. It is not going into the pocket of the carrier. So some of the stuff that they're actually keeping track of is everything from 
Um, time of day, they're using ge- what's called geofencing. So when you guys uh, sign up for like Project 44 um, or do this phone tracking stuff, even though you turn the tracking off, they, they're probably still tracking your ELD or they're tracking the phone and they're actually keeping track of the amount of trucks that are coming into that area um, through geotracking. Okay. Um, they're also monitoring the fuel along the route. So that's why there's a big push uh, for fuel efficiency, for getting a fuel efficient truck. So everybody's kind of now stuck in the aerodynamic uh, trucks rather than the, the long nose, flat nose trucks. Because once they start factoring the, the algorithms and once the start, AI starts to take control, they're just going to type in eight miles to the gallon and they're going to factor all of your trucks at eight miles to the gallon. So when they come up with this pricing, they're actually checking the cost of fuel on the route from St. Louis to Dallas, and they're calculating the fuel price within the algorithm. The AI system is doing that. Um, it's also keeping track of deadhead what you know miles to a decent area and all this other stuff. So it's called dynamic uh, full truckload pricing models are freight rate management systems that use artificial intelligence to provide quotes for full truckload shipments. These systems aim to provide a more accurate and up-to-date rates possible than will maximize long-term profits. While also considering the current market condition, um, full truckload dynamic pricing models are a valuable resource for shippers, freight forwarders, carriers alike. You can help to streamline the land shipping process. Uh, okay, and then this article. Emerging markets. So the land transportation industry has seen a period of immersed growth in the recent years due largely to the rise in e-commerce uh, and globalization. Uh, they should cost the tires. Yeah, I, you know, I can drop. Kyle, if you want to come in, just shoot me. Uh, let me do this real quick. Let me go like this. Copy. Uh, where are you? You're right here. Let me do this. All right. You just be voice um, unless you're stopped. So um, this has resulted in a greater need for efficient, more reliable shipping solutions to meet today's business and demands, such as transportation logistics industry continues to grow. So does the need for more efficient and reliable methods of shipping. Uh, freight volumes continue to grow. So does the need for a dedicated, highly skilled workforce responsible for providing transportation quotes. These traditional ways of delivering freight full truckload quotes manually is no longer feasible due to the sheer volume of requests. So basically they're saying there's just too much freight moving. There was just too much freight moving to get, you know, realistic quotes Uh, for the complexity of today's freight market and the numerous external parameters makes especially hard to get an accurate rate in the shortest possible time without help of technology. Stand by on one. Oh, there you are. Let me add you a stream. All right, you there? Okay, can you hear me? Hang on. Huh. You can hear me? I don't know. I'm not hearing you. So. My mic's on. Can you hear me? You can hear me now? Still not hearing anything. How are you not hearing me now? Let me try and jump out and do it again. Yeah, try that. Hang on, we're trying to bring in Nevada here. 
Let me see if I can get them in. All right, let me click here. Let me click here. It's got to be on his end. I'll add him to the stream. All right. Um, there are several methods to implement a price strategy with dynamic pricing software, and there may be combined to meet the needs of a particular company. Uh, can you hear me now? I swear to God, hang on. All right, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. All right, fix that problem. All right. So what are you thinking? You're not, not liking the situation, huh? Oh, there, I mean, I'm fine. I, I just did 5,000 miles. My cost driving that truck, the hood truck, is a dollar per mile right now, so I'm not liking that. But I'm getting $3 a mile all miles. Which isn't bad, um, but a lot of what this is also going to be calculated, and this is where I'm start where like like when Schnorler was explaining a lot of the prices that were coming in, it's like the, the way they're now doing prices is dynamic prices. Um, here, let me finish this real quick. Um, dynamic price software that may be combined to meet the needs of particular companies. We can we can list pricing strate uh, strategies like cost plus pricing, value based pricing, or Penetration pricing as some of the most commonly used, but in general, these strategies can be separated into two main types. Fixed price strategy. Uh, a company offers a set fixed price for their products and services regardless of market conditions. Or variable price strategies. A company offers a price that is based on either the current market conditions and their own internal data. Uh, in dynamic market truck, like truckload freight, where rates are constantly changing, a company needs to be constantly monitoring the market and their competitors in order to adjust their prices accordingly. This is where dynamic pricing model comes in the works the best. So this is also a factor in regards to a recession. So it also takes into account uh, what's going on in the economy, gross national product. Um, it reads things like sonars. Right here, you're looking at, make sure it's on screen. It is. Um, you're looking at tender rejections are now down to 4.5%, where at one point they were at almost like 28%, I think, was the high. So it also takes into effect that, and the computer basically readjusts accordingly to the AI system. So a lot of times when they're saying, you know, here's where I'm at, eventually it's going to be, well, here's what the computer shows it's supposed to get. Or if a shipper gets this software even if they're giving the freight to a broker or if they're giving the freight directly to the carrier, they're basically saying, well, this is the software we use. This is what this lane should pay according to current market rates, according to current fuel prices. So it's now your job to try to get the most fuel mileage and, and so on and so on, which is starting to make sense with what Snorlord was telling me because in the conversations that he was having, he had a broker basically say, Hey, um, I can't, I can't come off. The computer says it should be this price right now. Are you getting any of that where they're basically saying stuff like that? I'm not. Are you running as teams though? Or are you running uh, super solos? What are you running? I haven't pulled a team load. And, uh, about a week. Yeah, I've been doing solo runs. Teams aren't paying right now. Teams are paying like they want to pay thirty five hundred bucks to go to Texas from Northern California. It's, it makes no sense to run a team load. How much? How many miles is that? Just offhand. 
like seventeen hundred maybe. So seventeen hundred miles, uh, thirty five hundred bucks. So that's just over two bucks a mile, basically. Yeah. Two area. And they, and they want to. They want you to drop for twenty four hours in the front end, and drop for twenty four hours on the on the the, uh, the opposite side too. So. Yeah, and and so let me. And, and this is the other aspect of this, is they are literally taking, like I said, in regards to geofencing, and it goes into this. So uh, most dynamic pricing models work by, take, by taking into account several factors, including the current market conditions, which right now suck, uh, the type of commodity being shipped, the origin and destination of the shipment, the carrier's own transportation costs, uh, and by considering all of these factors, the system can generate a quote that reflects the actual market value of the shipment. So they're going to probably take the average truck cost, the average fuel mileage, um, the destination. Obviously, they're also factoring the destination and, and where you're picking up and where you're going and the commodity being shipped, probably because of weight. Obviously, if you're hauling uh, panels compared to if you're hauling, you know, bottled water, you have a huge weight difference, right? If you're hauling fiberglass panels or something. And then it basically shows that, you know, you have price and the environment. So uh, the shipper can then use this quote to negotiate with carriers or it can be used as a basis for the carrier's own pricing system. Either way, the goal is to provide a more accurate and timely quote that reflects the current market conditions. The other thing this takes into effect is actual time. Like, what's what's the shipping right now today at this very moment like how much should we be paying at 152 eastern standard time on today like what's the current market and that's how where the ai kicks in it can actually change the pricing can actually change by time of day um as mentioned when it comes into full truckload transportation there are many factors that need to be needed uh, and be considered, hang on one second, I'll drop your, uh, when accurate quote. So, oh, I forgot to mention. So the person we have in here is Nevada Truck and Trails. Let me pull up your channel real quick and drop it in the link. Um, there it is right there. Let me click on that. You guys need to check him out. He went out and bought a brand spanking new um, Peterbilt, Peterbilt. And he is running that. And he's also dispatching himself he is a true team uh you can check out his channel give him a, a subscribe there let me pull that down real quick let me do this let me go back here um but you definitely check him out too all right and i think he's checking in right now so i think i'm muted yep he's checking in right now for, to either unload or get get loaded uh okay so when it comes to so, as mentioned, when it comes to full truckload transportation, there are many factors that need to be considered to get an accurate quote. What parameters impacts the final freight rate? Uh, types of commodity. This includes the commodity class and necessary type, uh, truck type. So, if you're looking for a flatbed, if you're looking for a van, or if it's hazmat. Um, or origin and destination. This includes zip codes, both origin and destination, as well as the other destinations between them and the route that will be taken. This will also impact additional payments for highways, ferries, or necessary uh, cost cross-border freight. Uh, here depends on the overall trip time and also need to accommodate the driver's overnight stays. Uh, dates dates, and the, and the required time windows for loading and unloading. This includes pickup dates, 
delivery dates, and any required time windows for loading and unloading. You there with me now or no? You're muted. Right. Yeah, I'm back. I'm okay. I did drop your channel in the link there so everybody can check you out also while, you, while I was muted there. Uh, I've seen, like, uh, I was just in Seattle, right? Yeah. And, and they're trying to push a dollar thirty-five into California right now. Well, California is not where you want to be right now for van, anyways. Right. Uh, I mean, it, it's all right. There's volume, but they're, they're, the rates aren't. Like, it doesn't. The fact that they're paying so little to come into Cali, like it was before, because California has always been a pretty good market. There's about three thousand trucks coming in, seven hundred needing to come out. So you're not going to get a really good rate coming out of here. Yeah, and that's and there's not a lot. Obviously, I've I've showed the ships over there. There's definitely not a lot of stuff coming in at the port. And what is coming at the port, they could probably easily handle by rail right now because there's not a lot of freight coming in there. So definitely, the trucking rate has dropped dramatically over on the on the west coast just because all the freights moved from that ports over to Savannah, Houston, New Jersey, um, because of the problems that they had last my, year. My cost, my cost per mile alone with fuel at $5 a gallon is in this truck, which is going to be on the higher end of everybody's spectrum, is a dollar per mile. So right now it costs you a dollar per yeah. mile. Just is that, that, is that all your bills? No, just fuel. Fuel alone. That's so your truck? Just your truck with fuel is a dollar a mile. Yep. That doesn't include any of your bills. Doesn't include none of my bills. Ouch. I'm not going to lie. And that's, do you get that five per mile? Or do you do better than that? I do about five and a half. The best I can get, if I, if I do 62, I can get 6.2. But for me, it's, I'd rather bomb everywhere. Yeah, can, I, I don't think you can drive 62. I think it would break you in half, right? Pretty much. <laughs> it's just boring. It, it would kill you. So I've done it just to test it to see what the best I can get from coast to coast, and six point two seems like the best I can get. But you're you're like sixty two miles an hour everywhere. You're in everybody's way. Yeah, it ain't fun. So right now, with the truck that he has, which is a long nose Pete, uh, what year? Twenty twenty two, right? Yeah. All right. So he has a twenty twenty two long nose Pete, and he's get he averages five miles to the gallon, and with the price of fuel, a dollar a mile. Just to move the truck is a dollar a mile with the fuel. That's what it costs him to just drive the truck with fuel. That doesn't. That's no other expenses. That's just to move the truck with fuel. And then you got trailer tires. When I first came out, uh, you know, you can get them from two fifty for two fifty three hundred bucks. Uh, they're now six, seven, eight hundred dollars for one tire. So they basically doubled. Yeah. So okay. So expense wise, and I don't even want to ask you know what your what your actual numbers are. That's you know you you probably have it on your channel, and they can check out your channel, and watch you. But right off the well, bat, it's, constant, it's constantly fluctuating with the fuel. The fuel being the biggest fluctuation in my costs is you know going from a year ago sixty seven cents to you know spike to eighty seven. Now it's back up to a dollar per mile, and this is just based on literally how much fuel i'm spending versus how many miles i'm running it comes right out to a dollar dollar mile so even he said wouldn't everyone have the same profit margins using the system then so uh so much for competition well the issue is is that not everybody when it comes to trucking he's a dollar a mile for fuel well somebody who might be driving uh what's what's your your brother had a mac something what's a mac anthem anthem yep okay the mac seven and eight and he got seven and eight with what's called um the new mac or a Freightliner might get 
probably about seven or eight, right? That type of fuel area. So he's basically, where somebody else is getting seven or eight miles to the gallon, he's only getting five because basically of the choice that he made to buy that truck. Now, at the time, freight was booming and he was rocking and rolling with it. But when now you're at a point where some freight you're seeing is $2 a mile and a dollar a mile is going just for fuel to drive the truck, that's rough. Good. Yeah, and that's that's like when I when I see loads that have tolls and stuff in there, I quote them accordingly, you know. And that's just my cost. But I also have a caveat where I'm a team, you know. I can just outrunning your cost isn't the, the best thing you can do. Not what field is high, but I can if I wanted to, if I needed to make money. I've actually reached out um, to this company here, and I have a meeting tomorrow. Um, that I'm actually going to talk about how this system, I want to know how this system works for a broker, how they're calculating, what they're calculating. Um, so I have a meeting tomorrow at nine, but I wanted to kind of go live and talk about some of this stuff. Um, because this is how shippers look at it. Like right here, I pulled up a, a PDF that basically I watched the um, podcast with it or the video cast. And basically it says that 1% improving your transportation costs, like 2 to 4% increase can boost margins logistically 30 to 60%. So if you can save 2 to 4% on your logistics, you can boost um, margins by 30 or 60%. That's how key shipping is. And that's why it's such a big factor in regards to calculating costs and things like that. Let me close this one here because it's the same thing. Let me pull this one. Um, and this is another what basic. Go ahead. That's my truck beeping at you. I got to pull across the street at the truck stop. All right. I'm going to mute you here while you do that. Okay. He's going over there. So a lot of the stuff that I'm looking at and was calculating was um, even some of the podcasts. Like this was a podcast. Let me play this right here. Stand by on one. Uh, this was a dynamic pricing is transforming logistics and this is with let me refresh this see if i can get this to work real quick texas which is where i am but we got some off some of the hard stuff as a kid but then uh <laughs> came to houston for school at the honors college here and very right. screen oriented a principal of the company here at pros and he and i realized we had both gone to the honors college here at university of houston and got to know one another actually wound up throwing some parties at nightclubs together and he was my DJ and I was in promotion. So, <laughs> and then wound up working at the company and technology at pros. Nice. Nice. So he was the DJ, you're the promotion and somehow you guys are AI guys. Maybe AI is actually cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <Yeah. laughs> sometimes, sometimes cool. Yes. We'll say it that way. All right, real quick before we go on, if you are following me on Twitter, you're going to have to say goodbye. Join me on YouTube or rumble. See ya way because <laughs> i know as techies always say i was doing that before it was cool i was like is it cool now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes no judgment on that statement yeah <laughs> so today's topic is dynamic pricing is transforming logistics and it really i will say this i've heard the term and i know what dynamic versus static is <laughs> but i really i really didn't know very much about it and i still don't other than the hour and a half we prepped for this podcast so Let's talk about what is dynamic pricing and talk about the difference between that and non-dynamic or static pricing. Right, right. So at the heart of dynamic pricing, it's about providing a better 
frictionless experience for your customers. Whether you are asset light, 3PL, or if you're an asset-driven carrier, it's about providing a price and a quote for your customer at the time of request that they are going to love and that they are going to experience a personalized experience with that price. That is something that they want, that they would expect, that they like, they're going to say yes. And it's about strengthening that relationship with your customers through that dynamic pricing that are reflective. The prices are reflective of what's going on out there and the value of your brand. So in one way, everybody who's in trucking can say, we do dynamic pricing. It was higher this week because there was no trucks available for that lane. Therefore, I got more. So that's dynamic pricing. That's an element of it. That would be one thing that we would call an attribute of, well, there were trucks available. There weren't trucks available. What is the available capacity out there? That's one attribute that certainly can play into dynamic pricing. What is that particular customer's willingness to pay? At this very moment in time, that willingness to pay is something that's key. So yes, a lot of folks out there are changing their price. And so we call that dynamic pricing. Absolutely. Can that be a little bit better? Can we make that hyper-dynamic pricing so that your customers are always delighted? That's what the goal is. Yep. I mean, I think we talked a little bit about this offline while we're prepping, is the idea that the industry as a whole is getting better and better and better at pricing stuff. So everybody who's working in a 3PL right now or a broker says, oh, yeah, we do this, this, and this. That's how we came up with that price. Or we had an RFP. This is how we came up with it. And even using analytics and the experience from the last bids. So I think we're doing better and better. And I think what you were kind of educating me on is this is just the next incremental upgrade. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So it's not about something that necessarily needs to be transformational. It's about making, the way that I say it is, it's about making many, many, very small, slightly better decisions in terms of price and in terms of the offer that you're putting in front of your customer. And whether that's a human on the telephone making an offer and quoting a price, or whether that's for the customer who's coming on and self-serving through your web channel and getting a personal price through that channel that you communicate with your customers. So another big thing that they're doing is, are you parked? Okay. So another thing that they're doing, which people need to understand, is they're taking out the human aspect, right? Because the humans get emotional, right? So you start to build a relationship with a broker. You start to learn how to um, you know, work together with that broker, and that broker is going to now st- throw you more money or pay- give you more money because you do a good job for them. Well, that's gone now. Uh, so now the main focus is where can we save the money and how do we factor this money? And that's where the AI comes in. And it comes in from it gathering information from truck purchases, what people are, you know, what people are buying trucks for. Um, it, it Anything that could possibly be put into this is going to be put into this. And we see that with things like sonar, right? Sonar basically will keep track of absolutely everything. Credit cards, um, debt truck purchases, fuel, uh, ocean shipping, air shipping, trucking shipping, all of these factors and all of these analytics are now put into computers and they are now factoring. Um, that's how they're basically calculating costs with, with computers and analytics because it takes that away. So real quick, the British are here. Oh, great. Two arms, two arms. Um, I let me just read a couple things. Uh, so Big Big Rig CEO basically said, I was wondering how profit margin and dynamic prices factor in for brokers and carriers. And well, and what I'm seeing for brokers, just so you know, is they're getting this software and going to their customers. So this is where volume pricing would come in for a broker. So they'd say, okay, 
we're going to use this analytics. We're going to use this um, this system to pick your rates so we can optimize the cheapest rates for you. And then we're going to put a markup based on volume. So let's say you give me a lot of volume. I might say I can do it for 10% markup at cost. So whatever the truck costs, the broker makes 10% on top of that to handle the invoicing, to handle the, the selection of the carrier and, verif and verify you know, your insurance, uh, verify communication and things like that. So that's where a lot of volume pricing can come in in regards to a larger brokerage. Now, they can say, okay, well, you don't give us a lot of volume, so it'll be 15%, but if you can give me more volume, it would be 12% and so on and so on. So that's where volume pricing comes in for brokerages because now you can take this software to them and say, look, we have the software. It's based on dynamic analytics. If we can ship it to, you know, if we can find a truck today, it'll be better than if we have to wait till Friday. And they can use that software and that AI to be able to tweak the system to get the most efficient price for the customer and then tack on their percentage. Do you think that brokers are going to, like, are basically using this and then setting a price of what they think a truck should make like or are they just like because I, I i don't think brokers half of the ones i talk to don't know anything about what it cost is so i mean when they they're trying to give you a run and you're sitting there looking at it, it's like you're gonna work for free to do it like when you see stuff posted like that it makes no sense to me like, right and the fact that somebody's taking it or is somebody even taking it at all and then somebody else sold it for a proper price and they took it down yeah, and I think the problem that the, with this is that, okay, you have a dollar in fuel, all right? I'm going to use a simple number. This is not his numbers. I'm making this up. Let's, so let's say you have a $2 profit with all of your bills, all your insurance, all your maintenance and everything. Let's just use a simple number for me, right? Well, at that point, the issue is, is that uh, let's say my trucking company is $1.50, and I can turn a profit at $1.51, Right? So now it kind of forces that race to the bottom. Now it forces you to get cheaper costs, to get down to my numbers, right? Because I can, now the load might pay, the, the, the lane might pay $2.10 a mile where I'm making 60 cent profit and you're only making 10%, a 10 cent profit. Does that make sense? All right. But it's still, it still, it takes the average of you and me, let's say, out there, but unfortunately, it's only giving you a 10 cent a mile profit, but it's giving me a 60 cent a mile profit. So now it's my, I'm just, so now it's my job as the carrier to get my costs as low as I possibly can. And even come with it basically said 25 cent maintenance, 75 cents fuel, which is a dollar for you, 35 cent truck payment, 20 cents. So he's at a dollar 65 roughly per mile to move a van or a reefer. And a reefer is probably a little more because you have reefer fuel in there. Um, so that might I'd be, say, I'd say another six months, it's really going to start. I would start seeing it in companies like that are high co have company drivers, right? Like the big mega fleets. Uh, I think what happened is like there was a six months contracts were renewed. The companies are taking a little bit less profit, still keeping the drivers on at the same rate. But another six months again, when those come to, up to get, uh, negotiated again, I think it's going to be a whole nother like rework. Yeah, and, and I, everybody's looking for that way to be able to save money, right? Like, so one of the things that they talk about is your two high expenses is cost of labor for tr for drivers and fuel. That's your that's yep. your highest expenses, right? That, that's your highest expenses. Fuel number one for me, and then uh, payroll will be right behind that. Right. So then, basically, your next step would be okay. 
Well, you're now competing against other countries that have lower costs, right? And shipping from here to, you know, if, if it goes back down to ship a container from China to here is about $2,000, $4,000, depending on, you know, what size container you, the shipping is. That's, you know, so let's say $3,000 normally, right? And that's basically it. Uh, come with it with $49. Hey, fantastic. This guy's loaded. So whatever he's doing, we all have to follow him around. So if you find him... Uh, just continue to follow his truck and just keep taking loads wherever he's going. Um, the best way to do is it is basically just track him down, follow what he's doing. No, thank you so much. And I look, I'm not. I have a different aspect to look at things when I look broker. For me, um, when I do legal freight on an open deck, I basically put it out there and say, "What do you need?" And if the if the communication between me and you is good, and you sound like you're you know good at what you do. I just say, I pick you. It's like an interview for me, right? But most brokers that you guys are dealing with, and you can vouch for this, is they have they have a number, and now you got to fit into their number, right? I've never agreed with that, uh, doing what I did. But again, I, I do a specific... Um, well, I'm not that guy. I make, I'll make 40 phone calls. Right, but they're basically giving you the number. Oh, yeah. No, the, like a lot of the loads have a number and and i like when a, a load on like the dap for instance it has a I number on it because it lets me know if they're anywhere near my negotiating price because let's say I, I i pull this lane let's say where i'm at now to uh, Pits, uh pittsburgh or something right yep i'll pull it for 67.50 i'm at 250 a mile it's a long run set me up on a friday it's gonna work out right and i maybe i looked and i found something that can get me back over for the weekend uh that's a real life example i just did that so 67.50 is my number they posted at six. We're only seven hundred fifty bucks off. I'm gonna call and I'm gonna see if I can get you my number. If I can't get you my number, or at least close to it, especially, I'll use like the lane average on the DAT mm -hmm. as like a bottom dollar. Like if they're if they're posted at lane average, then there's I think there's room to call and negotiate on it. If they're posted two thousand dollars under it, I don't even look at it. Right. So it just when they do put a number on a a, a load, all that does is tell me that a they're not trying to like sit on this. They've got money in it and needs to be moved. Here's the starting price. What do you need? Call me and ask, you know, and I called and I, I voted lanes for 2000 over, you know, what they have it posted for. And I've got them. It's just, I need to know that there's some room in there. So let me ask this That's then. Kind of I look at it. So when you're out there and, but as a team, um, how much are you sitting now? Well, I don't sit because there's a certain time of the day where I just look at where I'm at. Like right now I'm like uh, an hour away from my, uh, like I don't have a load right now. So right. I'm not, I'm not in any rush to get a load. I really don't care because I'm an hour away from my, uh, wife's mom, sisters. If worst case scenario, what I'll do is I'll just drive over there and go hang out with family for a night. Right now I might sit, this would be the first time I sat in since we've been out. So I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, but at a certain time of the day, I stop looking at what these long runs or these home runs, and I, I just give up on it if I'm booking day of. And I'll start looking at what do I want my truck to make for the day. Yesterday, I was in Portland. It's a bad market. Like, what are you going to run for a dollar seventy across country? Doesn't make sense for me. So I looked at what my day rate was. What is my day rate? Well, for me, I'm a team. My team. I want my truck to at least make ten thousand five hundred dollars. That's fifteen hundred bucks a day. Yeah. Okay. I'm about to say that that's not a day, guys. That's not a day. Relax. Okay. Go ahead. 
Because you said, well, you said yeah. what's my day rate? I want my truck to make $10,000 a day. No, no, no. That wasn't a day. Uh, a go, go. Go ahead. 500 a week. Right. So, so 1500 bucks a day. So like yesterday in Portland, I grabbed a load for 1500 bucks, brought me into Northern California. So, but this is where now, like I said, let me slide you over here so I can see. Let me actually minimize this down here. And let me pull this up over here. Hold still. And I'm not an expert either. I've only been doing this for like three months. But Star Lord well, gave me some good ideas about the day rate thing. I learned not to sit because if you come out here and you think these are the numbers I need, you're not always going to get your number. Okay. Right. You're not. And, but if you're looking at a certain type of lane, which I, I'm a team, so I could look at something that goes 3,000 miles and do it in two days, or I could look at something that does 1,500 miles and do it in a day. You know what I'm saying? So I have a lot of options as a team, but if the numbers don't make sense on the longer ones, then I start looking at the mid-grade ones. Then I start looking at the loads that have 150 miles on it, and they're willing to pay me 900 bucks. Like I just turned one down. The guy offered me 900 bucks to run 150 miles straight through, but it's Pepsi. It's going to Auburn. That shipper's gonna make me sit all day. I'd rather not tie up my truck. I'd rather be sitting here empty. So this is where basically this is another thing that came out, and this is like I said, this I'm starting to see this more and more um, in regards to. And I'm like I said, I've got an interview tomorrow with a company. I think it's uh, Pro. Hang on, let me pull this down here. And let me pull this up here. Hang on, I'm going to block you here for a second. Uh, it, this one right here. So get the demo here. And this is another one that does the same thing. So these guys work with Siemens, Bush and um, Honeywell, Swiss. Um, some uh, B. That's the railroad. So BASF uh, and Fonterra. So these guys are working with other ones trusted by. They're using, and I'm gonna actually find out who else they're they're working with. But this is basically what's kind of being offered. Um, is it, being pushed because of everything that happened. So basically, here it says the ten factors for impacting. Right, um, truckload freight pricing. So you got supply and demand. They're factoring. Uh, lane and market trends, type of freight dimensions and weight, pickup and delivery flexibility speeds, fuel prices, uh, carrier minimum and accessorial charges, weather, backhaul and deadhead miles, uh, shipment seasonality. Obviously, if it's produce season, it's going to be a little bit different. And then unforeseeable stuff, they also factor. And they go into each one of this, um, each one of what these are, and I'll actually put this in my in the description, but this is basically some of the stuff this software is factoring. So when you call what they're basically doing and it comes down here and it basically says, all right, why the conventional freight procurement process is clearly flawed. So a complex lane pricing process doesn't always give the best results in both shipper and carriers. Shippers may face several tender rejections and be forced to move their freight to the more expensive spot market. Carriers run the risk of accepting contracts that may not help them optimize costs and increase profitability. Viatility in an inequitable in supply chain logistics and traditional methods are of freight contracting do not accelerate predicted truckload pricing. Below are some of the inherent flaws with conventional freight contracts, processes, and create inefficiencies across the chain. So basically what they're saying is that, look, like I've said this before, carriers don't want to be on the spot market, right? They don't want to be on the spot market, and it's flawed to do it the conventional way 
because of that spot market. So to not be on that spot market, they're saying, look, it would be easier to do a dynamic type pricing. And so they, so basically here's the flaws, uh, time consuming, cumbersome and laborious Excel based manual RFP. So I get this a lot, right? Or I did, I don't anymore. Cause they're starting to do, um, e- EDI systems to me at one point. The company that I work with sent me, holy shit, it had to be 5,000 lanes to quote. It had to be 5,000 lanes because they gave me everything from bicycle to oversized loads. Anything that fit into that, they sent over. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing bicycle. I just do oversized. Um, So all I ended up doing was anybody that did oversized, but it came over in a spreadsheet. It came over in an Excel file, and I'm supposed to type in the Excel file uh, might have lost you there. Hang on. Oh, there's your camera. Um, it came over an Excel file, and it's time-consuming. It sucks. It's ridiculous. Um, to the point that a lot of co- a lot of other brokers were like, "We're not filling out five thousand lanes. We're just not doing this." Um, and you know, it's just they. Everybody started picking. Well, they got upset, and they're like, "Hey, we want you to do legal freight." And I, I had to submit a letter stating I don't do legal freight. I only do it as fall-off freight, so I have no idea. You want me to quote this, it's, it's going to be no idea. If I buy an electric truck, will I have enough um, for top chats? Hang on a second. Am I not in the top chat thing? Hang on. Let me go to That's live gonna chat. That's going to be my next truck. My next truck is going to be a te- uh, Tesla. Truck. Is it going to be a Tesla? Yeah. Well, you're, you already have, sold, you have a Tesla house, don't you? Aren't you a Tesla roof? Not a roof, but it's got panels. So it's got panels. Tesla does solar panels. Oh, I thought and they I'm did the whole roof. I watched some of they did the whole roof. So tradi- car, yeah. traditional contracts can try uh, can try to control an unpredicted freight market. They're both falling, failing to deliver, and on agreements thing. So what they're basically saying is that, holy crap, ninety nine bucks. That must have been for you because there's no way I got nine. It must be for the hat. It must be for the hat. Come with it. Thank you, my brother. It's, it's all about the hat right now. See, that's what it is. And basically, um, I basically had to say he wasn't somebody. That's what DIY did. So this is also un- uh, being done because they. what happens is there was a lot of people falling off the spot market, right? And going into the spot market with high tender rejections. So with the dynamic... It's huge, and it's all AI-based. And I'm telling you, the last thing you want to do is get rid of the brokers. Because once you get a good broker, they become a good advocate, right? Yeah, those are hard to find, though, as well. Because I think, so even, I haven't found one as uh, dispatching myself yet. But when I was a company driver, I remember on a few occasions where we ran a load, and... uh, the broker was like, so do you run this all the time? Can I call you and get your freight? And I just like, no, nah, I get dispatch. You know, I kind of missed those opportunities. I should have wrote down those names. But, I mean, I just got I got one today. I ran a load for uh, TQL. And I don't know about everyone has a lot of problems with TQL. I get lucky with them because I let them call me. That's kind of a little trick there. Yeah. I posted my truck. When they call me, they got money on it. Uh, and they're willing to change appointments. If you call them, typically they won't. But he called me today and wanted to know if I wanted to run the same run. It was uh, 150 miles, thousand bucks. So, so. I, I just see it as, and and maybe I'm nuts, and and 
Rob, you just shoot me a text. I can drop you a link, brother. I just see this AI, and it's starting to get pushed more and more because I was shocked, and it was uh, Big Reek CEO was talking to Snorlord, and they were basically... Snorlord basically predicted exactly what they were going to offer Big Reek CEO. And no matter where he went, it was basically, I think it was 800 bucks. Um, and I think Big Reek CEO wanted 1200 But it, a lot of this seems to be being pushed towards this AI computer system. I mean, the fact that the DAT has it for brokers that'll go out eight days basically now tells you why the same brokers are all kind of being in the same price range with the same load. Well, typically I wouldn't start my truck. Like I, I don't want to be under a load for less than 1500 because there's a lot of things that go wrong with the load. There could have been no appointment on the delivery. There could be no pickup. I mean, you could sit there for hours on your pickup time. So I like to build my frustration into my rate, right? <laughs> if I have a problem Me too. with the load, but I got, and I got paid really garbage to take it and now i'm here dealing with all these issues but i got paid nothing to do it all of a sudden it becomes an exorbitant issue whereas if you would have got double the amount of money on it you kind of be sitting there like well you know at least it paid well right you know, there's a silver lining in there so i try to build all my frustration into the rate so if something like that happens I've, i'm committed now and when i tell you i'm gonna pick up a load i'm on it like i don't keep looking at the board and then tell you my truck broke down and then go pick up something. Cause I could have done that the other day. You know, I, I took a load for 1500. Boom. I got to drove another hundred miles and picked up something and paid double that. And, uh, it, I was already committed somewhere, you know? And yeah, there was a huge line. It was like, I don't know, 15 trucks took five hours to get loaded. So yeah. Cause right here it says, uh, how advanced machine learning algorithms are transforming freight rate and forecasting shippings and three PLs need to, uh, need clear visibility into lane pricing trends uh, while source trucking capacity. However, several factors make it difficult to predict competitive and stable no uh, competitive and stable rates across specific lanes. Thankful, advanced freight rate predictions models power by machine learning ML technology can, are changing the dynamic of freight procurement. Rather, contract or spot machine learning helps accurate forecast truckloads lane pricing, allowing shippers and 3PLs to track market rates and source competitive pricing carrier capacity. So the other thing, too, is what I, I'm, I'm going to ask tomorrow because I, I can't confirm this, but one of the other articles I read is when you, they know they're going to, let's use Just Trucking. Let's use Just Trucking, who, again, has not accepted my interview, and that's fine. He's scared. Um, and let's say Joe, me, or, or, or Nevada, and let's say me, and let's say my cost, and I take loads for a dollar fifty a mile. You're taking loads for two dollars a mile, and he's and just trucking's taking loads for four dollars a mile. Well, what they're actually doing is they're actually keeping track of that, so that when they see that truck in the system, or they see that they can actually offer the com the competitive rate to the truck to that truck that normally takes it. So even if they go in there and they say, okay, this truck's $1.50 a mile and you're $2 a mile, they can come in and offer $1.75 a mile to the $1.50 truck and they're still saving 25 cents before they get to you. And that 25 cents, which we already talked about, you know, a 1% savings on shipping can, can save you 30 to 40% in your overall cost. That makes sense? You with me? 
not the savings part. I lost on that one. Okay, so the saving part basically is the 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 it doesn't take a lot of savings in logistics because logistics is such a big part of making something because you got to you know there's so many moves that happen that if you can save like one percent on shipping the the overall fact that there's there's inbound traffic there's outbound traffic there's coming in from you know four different part companies to put together your hot tub if you can save one percent on that you can actually turn. 30% 30% on the markup, not have to mark it up 30% uh, your cost of your hot tub. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah. I'll, okay. I'll, t- I'll tell you where I think this, this, what you're describing, what you're reading in. Yeah. Where this is going to work and where it's not going to work. And this is my opinion. Where this is going to work is where there's a volume of maybe 20 loads, 60 loads a day. Right. Okay. Or 1,000. Like where, where there's just no volume. Where it's not going to work is somewhere where there's so much demand for trucks and so much competition amongst brokers themselves that they start having to throw money onto it because they keep calling trucks and getting no, 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 no. And they can't get a truck to cover the load. And all of a sudden they got to come up with more money. Now this system that says it's supposed to run for this because this is the set fixed cost that they think the carrier should make. Well, this is, this is another thing too. And I mean, cut you off is now your algorithm, your program to look at the seven day or the four, I don't know what you have, the seven, 14, what do you have? Uh, it depends on the length. Okay, well, yeah, what do you, do you have a seven-day? Like, some people don't pay, some people don't pay for the seven-day. Do you have the seven-day? I don't think so. Okay, so let's say the 15, the, let's say a 30-day, which is, I think, the lowest at that, right? 30-day average? I don't even know, because I don't have the same system as you. I get it through my carrier, because they they get it for a good cost, and they just threw me on as a user. Okay, so either way, a lot of times a carrier or a trucking company can look at the 30-day average. So you're already using the analytics on your end, which they're basically, they know you're looking at, and then they have the analytics on that end. So you're looking at the past analytics to base your price, and they're looking at the future well, not, analytics to base their price. Not, that make sense? Not to, yeah, it's not... Yeah, that makes sense. It's not to base my price, and that might make sense why there's a big differential in, in uh, quoting lanes and where we're too far off. Um, that is more like the 15-day average for me is bottom dollar. Like that's like if you're taking the 15-day average or less, that's that's not something you should be doing unless it's the only time I would do something like that is if you're getting that load to go to another load. Like you are, it doesn't matter what you get to go there. You just need something to take you from here where you're at to get somewhere tomorrow because the big paying load that you're trying to get to is there. Then all the lane averages and everything and whatever it's paying doesn't matter because you're focused on the second one. It's going to average out. But a lot of new drivers, that's what they use. Lots of new drivers look at what's the seven day. Cause I mean, a lot of mm-hmm. times I even yeah. hear Snorlord say, well, the seven day average is paying blah, blah, blah. Right. Even when he, I, I've so I'll, it or the third oh, yeah, day, no, it's, it's definitely a factor. But I don't think it's like if a seven day average for a thousand miles is seven dollars a mile. Do you think I'm going to call and be like, "Well, I really need eight, You know, <laughs> no, right, yeah. right, right. But so what I'm saying is that they're already programmed a lot of drivers to base their their starting point on analytics and algorithms as it is. So mm-hmm. now the AI aspect, and and he basically and. and CDN basically said, um, I can say that the issue with AI is, is a computer, the computer is taking overall market conditions, average costs versus single carriers versus mega carrier costs are much different. Key for small carriers is to find a niche in freight. Exactly. 
So what they're basically doing is, like I said, is this AI, and let me let me read this section right here. Um, machine learning algorithms slice and dice lane-specific data for multiple carriers, providing shippers and 3PLs with real-time visibility into where freight prices are heading. These predictive models are also beneficial to transportation sources, as they can better clarify on truck availability and associated rates by geographing the lane. Uh, this also anticipates any capacity shortages during peak demand. ML algorithms are also constantly evolving, and hence pricing models based on this technology are always in the real time and more accurate. They are literally keeping real time as trucks roll in to that market. So let's say you're in Houston, um, and as trucks roll into that market, they are. Well, we already know they use geofencing because they they'll say, "Hey," and this is a big you're, thing. You're basically saying this is how that gets that in and out ratio. Correct. Because like, there's that one where you can go to it. Like right now, California, it's like what. 2,900 trucks coming in, 700 coming out, or 3,200 coming in, 700 need to come out. But this is more advanced because this is, and that's another thing too, and I remember Jeffrey Light said this all the time, right? Jeffrey Light would say, hey, we signed up for your app to track us. Why do you keep calling us? Because the tracking app isn't for the guy that's calling you. The tracking app is being sent to the AI analytics and the geofencing. Right, so he's just going to call you and say, "Hey, where are you at?" But the geofencing is basically tracking your every move. When you sign up to Project Forty Four, they ask to uh, access your. Um, tr- basically, they track you, right? So eventually, they can use your EDL, your I'm sorry, your ELD to be able to track you, and your ELD is your electronic log. Like you were just typing on your electronic log above your head, right? Mm-hmm. So that electronic log is GPS, correct? So that technically, if given access, if a carrier gives access to that type of stuff, that could be tracked by these systems. Now, t- tomorrow, I'll pull up where the government is actually getting involved and working with uh, companies like C.H. Robinson so that everybody can see this. So eventually, if I work for my company and you work for C.H. Robinson, I, I can actually see that you're sending a truck into my area that I need a load moved. So it doesn't just stay within C.H. Robinson. It's actually going to be where we can all see it. Does that make sense? So now yeah. I know how many trucks are coming into this area. I know which eventually is going to affect the rate. So if I don't have enough trucks, the AI system is going to raise the rate because I don't have enough trucks. But if a lot of trucks are coming in, it's going to lower the rate because there's more trucks coming into this area, right? And there, let's say there's freight. Or if all of a sudden the freight stops in California, like it did, um, it's going to lower the rates in California because there's more trucks in California and very little freight. So it's using those supply and demand factors plus weather plus fuel. Like it... it Again, I, I watch the thing. I, I want to confirm all this after I have the... It's like 9 o'clock in the morning. I'll have the meeting with them. It actually tracks the route and the price of fuel on that route. So when you're like, well, do you know how much fuel costs? This system's already going to factor that in and say, well... Because they can already do it now, right? They can already well, they're, say, they're, here's your route. 
But there is flaws with this too because I was uh, there's a truck smarter app, which is another load board basically, and yes. I was in uh, Michigan, and it was basing the route and the, the per mile rate on me taking a car ferry across over to Wisconsin. I was like, that makes no sense. I got to go all the way down to Chicago, then I, then I cut back up. Like I'm not jumping on a ferry. Right, and and that's of course that's something that you'd have to go in and tweak. Like I can do it now. I think it's called direct shipping. Um, and it's a lot of times how I run my miles uh, because I can go to the calculator and it'll break down every state. So when I do my calculations for oversized freight, I need to break down every state because some states need escorts. Some states don't need escorts. I need to know how many miles in a state. So I have the, I think it's called direct shipping. I don't, I don't know. I could pull it up. And that's how I calculate it. So in, within that, I can put no tolls. Um, I can put, you know, winter, summer, that type stuff in it and, ma and tweak the miles that I need for that so let me just do this real quick uh technology integrations are the path to competitive advantage in logistics industry especially regarding pricing depending on the skill set of your internal team complex api enabled tms integration could be the challenge so they're basically saying if you've got a good tech people we can integrate your tms like I have a TMS and I send the loads to you through my TMS now. I didn't ever wanted to have a TMS because I never wanted to be giving my information to to a to a, a third party to give you know and let them sell my data. But I got one now, unfortunately, because I need one for the EDI. Um, this is when an experienced digital technology partner can help lessen the load. The MTech Digital, we have a 3PL company implement fluid pricing strategies through an advanced ML ops module that analyzes market data, historical freight data, to predict ship shipment rates. Dramatic distribution of pricing coefficient factors helps update the lane pricing in real time uh, when there is a challenge in the global market's dynamics. The module tracks carrier-specific Carrier-specific data, wrong one, um, such as availability truck capacity and the number of carrier hubs across different regions. The dynamic market data to best determine rates for shippers and, uh, and cost to carriers. That's, kind of, that's, that's why it is carrier-specific watching, basically, at this point. Yeah, so if, you can, if your carrier keeps continuing to take loads for such and such price... They don't think that they should ever have to pay more, or, or they know, they if they told the ticket prices, right? Or if they see you coming here a lot, like if it, like if I get a dedicated lane and I'm pulling out of Dallas, Texas, and I'm running to Oklahoma City, and I'm going back and forth, and I'm doing that, you know, every other day, they're going to see that my truck's coming in there so many times that they might say, "Hey, <laughs> uh, you're coming in here. Do you want to load back? We got to load back." Now I'm going to be like, "Well, I'm deadheading back now. Sure, I'll take it." Right. And it, or I'm taking, you know, how much is it now? They're going to tweak that number low, you know, just enough to make me happy because they can basically see me coming in every time and then they can adjust the rate AI. See, brokers aren't quick enough with me. By the time they call me and say you want a backhaul or you need something coming out of there, I'm usually already booked. Right. But this is where, like I said, so conclusion, uh, uh, let me read the conclusion. Conclusion, uh, freight pricing is quite complex, but technology has simplified the process, helping shippers and 3PLs drive increased efficiency to their day-to-day -day operations. Uh, the, the trend towards dynamic pricing is quickly gaining momentum and will continue to evolve as technology processes.
Conventional electronic data interchange, EDIs, which basically a shipper sends me information through an EDI. It's sort of like fax machine, just a little upgraded. Uh, Technology is still being widely used across the logistics industry. However, Advanced Application Programs Interface API Connective is also gaining traction, allowing shippers and 3PLs to integrate multiple third-party tools and accelerate into their TMS to streamline freight logistics. Uh, These technology integrations substantially simplify the process of obtaining quotes and booking loads, guaranteed reliable capacity and transparent dynamic pricing. And then, of course, if you're looking for blah, 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 and I said, yes, I'm looking. Uh, So I made a phone call because I want to know more. I'm not looking to use it, but I wanted to know the whole process. And like I said, the one. Well, that's what I'm going to find out also. It's not going to be cheap, but the amount of savings they're going to tell me it does is, is, is what they're going to do this. Let me slide this over here so I can see what's going on here. I'm going to jump off here because I do have to keep an eye on this load board. I'm using my phone where my load board is. Yeah, at. you better hurry up because the dynamic pricing in your area might kick your ass. So you better jump yeah, off. Like here. I said, I got family like an hour away from here, so I'm in no hurry. Yeah. But, anyways, make sure you guys check out Nevada Truck and Trails. He's on a journey that he's uh he's it's a learning experience. Uh, yeah. so there's some good, there's some bad, there's some um some other stuff, but definitely check him out. Give him a subscribe there uh, because he's he's uh. <laughs> It's an interesting process. The biggest thing I've seen, like learning to dispatch myself, is you 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 gotta speed. Like when you see a load, you need to figure out factorability first. Then you need to figure out what your your what your quote is gonna be, what your high quote is, what your bottom line quote is, and then call. And sometimes I'll do that as I'm calling them as well, especially if I know it's like TQL where you gotta go through a phone process and transfer over here and then stuff like that. But your speed, like I've I've seen other guys do it and they're not. They're not quick, and you're you're you got a bunch of guys sitting in front of computers, booking out trucks. Right. Uh, they've got an advantage. Right. Because if you're sitting here on your phone doing it, you know it's going to be a little bit slower, especially if you're in a bad service area too. But speed and knowing what what you what you want on those lanes is like the biggest thing I've learned. And then, like a certain time of day, drop your standard of what you're looking for. A certain type of day, stop even looking for the day. Start looking for tomorrow. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself in the same situation. Right. And, and 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 he brings up. Uh, well, I want to thank you for coming out because I'm going to mention this. I got to figure out how I can do this. Can I do this? Okay. No. I'm going to jump off. I'll, I'll be listening in the background. I just yeah. Be able to- and thanks for swinging in here. Like I said, you, and like I said, I'm going to be doing more of these and, and some other stuff too that you might be interested in jumping on for. There'll be other topics, not just trucking related, that um, I'm going to start doing. So I'm going to. It's a it's a new show I'm going to be starting. So stay tuned yeah, for I that. Watched, you were doing something on Russia. That I, I I pay attention to a lot of that, and uh, but you jumped over to Rumble, and I got to have you up. In order to hear you, whereas YouTube, I could have you in the background playing. Yeah. So I, I kind of lost you on that one. But no, don't worry, because I've got I've got some stuff that's going to be uh, a Sage Live Underground. So it's going to be some stuff that we are uh, talk. I'll talk about anything. We I'm just going to bring I'm going to bring basically bring up a topic and bring people on and basically just you know go back and forth with them. So I'm I'm looking to do the yep. same thing with Will. So. You've grown a lot from when we first started, you first came back onto YouTube. Yeah, I like, well, I, I, well I'm a salesperson, so I sold myself, bro. I sold myself. Go. I pimped myself out, made things happen. Good at sales. I've never done sales either, but dispatching yourself is sales. Absolutely. Absolutely. You'll get better at it. So thanks for swinging in. Uh, oh, I have. I've gotten a lot better. Well, okay. Catch up with you. I'll see you. All right. Let me slide this over to this monitor. Thank God I have four monitors. Um, yeah. So, uh, and CDM brings up a good thing for me. Like, I, I never take possession of the freight, and this is not a system that I... Um, I am not for this system, right? So... 
this is basically so his point is uh with the law that you always stress that carriers cannot take uh, no carriers cannot take possession he means brokers uh brokers cannot take possession of the freight if the broker is forcing a carrier to provide tracking via the app that isn't the broker on the, on the line possession so that's one of the things that if they're not in, if they basically are just not monitoring it, and I think that's why they're handing it off to a separate system, so it's not them, tra- the brokers not tracking it. They're basically allowing this software to track the trucks, right? So it's not the brokers basically tracking them. It's basically the software tracking the trucks, like uh, Project Forty Four. Um, is a software it's like a tms system tracking the trucks um or it's not it's uh i can't remember what's snorler what's the name of your um edl some sarah or something right some sarah oh might have to stand by on one oh stand by on one you're listening to this
right, let me see if we get this party started again here. So I'm waiting for Snorlord to basically to come in, but he's not ready to come in yet because he was going to be the other one that came in. But let me pull this up real quick. So the other one, let me see. Let me play this. Right. To kind of highlight the differences between not using dynamic pricing tools like you guys have and using it. Let's talk about the companies I'll call the have nots. And I've used this term have nots a little bit in the past is it seems a lot of times there's new technologies that are out there. They're really are transforming the space. CRMs and, you know, we have different companies really doing a good job of marketing. All of a sudden, technology is starting to pop up as a way to win. And some companies are investing in it. Some are saying, no, we don't do it that way. We've traditionally done it this way. And so let's talk a little bit about if somebody says, we do it on our own and we do a pretty good job on our pricing. Let's talk about that traditional pricing approach. What is What are they missing out on? (laughs) What are they missing out on? Yeah, the fear of missing out. So in that situation where there's folks who say, we're doing dynamic pricing here, we're generating a price, there's either going to be a lookup or there's some sort of a rule about what those prices would be. Or let's say that's the spot deal and somebody needs to make a decision on the telephone while they're talking with their customer. And while I've been doing business with Bob for 30 years and I have a great gut on where this should be priced, that is absolutely a great price. That human experience, all of that experience across that career, absolutely. What could be a different situation is when Bob retires and then it's that library of information could be lost if you don't have a digital platform that sort of codifies and productizes all of that collective knowledge across your pricing team, across your sales team, across all of those collective freight bills that you've been running. It's about putting all of that power in the hands of maybe he's someone who's brand new to the industry and you just hired and doesn't know the right questions to ask and doesn't have that sort of gut experience. So let me, so basically what they're saying, I, I want to get to your question there, um, Rob, it's easier if you just get your ass in here. Um, but basically that, that whole, and like I said, I am not for this AI thing. And as a broker, not because it's going to get rid of me, to be honest. It's not. I got a long way to go um, to do this, right? I mean, I'm at, uh, I've given my numbers out. I think I'm at, um, I don't know, I just did another load. So I think I'm at like 47 loads. Let's say 530,000 gross. And I think I'm somewhere at 90. Let me see, five, maybe 97,000. So I'm about 18%, right, for what I do, right? But, and I'm oversized, and I've been doing this a long time. So what it does do is it takes this somebody who has no idea what they're doing and basically says, um, hey, here's this computer system, here's this, and just go ahead and does it. Now, how do you get around this? And this is where we're starting to see a couple things. Um, DIY did a video where basically he's, they're starting to show that it's going to be very difficult to have um, leased on drivers in, in regards to the paperwork that he's looking at, right? You can watch his last video that he did with cash. And then you take uh, broker transparency where now you have a carrier and a brokerage. So let's say you have 10 trucks, you open up a brokerage, you start to have you now you have direct customers. You're moving five loads uh, on, on five of your trucks, but there's two extra loads that need to get moved and you broker those out. Now that carrier comes in and says, well, those two outside carriers come in and say, well, I want to see the paperwork and I want to know how much you move these loads for. Well, 
you have this direct customer and now you've got to give up how much you're moving those loads for. One, you don't like it. And two, the customer doesn't want to, you know, have everybody in the world know how much you're moving these loads for. So now it's, it, it doesn't incentivize you, the small carrier, to get your brokerage. But the best way to get around this AI stuff is for to keep that small brokerage mentality and that personal touch. But they're trying to push that, and Snorlords said this also, they're trying to push that small business out, right? They're trying to do whatever they can to do small business out. So, but those, that small business connection is a big deal to basically keep that. Uh, but you, But you... Or I, as a solo broker, given the link for MicroPoint or Project 44, I'm monitoring that link, and I get updates every four hours. Possession of the freight. No, because you're actually monitoring a software that's linked to the driver. You're not making that direct connection with the driver. You're not asking the driver to do anything. You're not taking a supervisory role in regards to the driver. So if I'm just monitoring a link, like I can, like if I open up this, boop, and let's go here, and I open up this, um, and I type in, let's turn on cargo ships, let's turn off tugs, and I back this out. Um, I am not in possession of any of these carriers. I can see where they're going. I can see when they've been there. I can see the direction. Um, if I click on here, I can do their past track um, over, I think, 12 hours. I think this is going to be a 12-hour I can see their past track over 12 hours. I'm not in possession of any of this carrier, but I can track it through the software that this carrier pays to have. Uh, and so this carrier pays for this service. Um, I pay about $2,000 a year for this to be able to, uh, to do some of the stuff that I can do, but I'm not technically in possession of any of these so that they're kind of making that that push towards that no stop it get off there um but if i like i said so i can switch i can turn off container ships i can turn on this and this and then we get into unspecified ships and which i've discussed this with monkey works um through videos unspecified ships is me either means that they turn off uh, it might not show any because it's pulling a ton of... I'm going to have to upgrade my computer. I know Will right now is saying, I told you so, you should have got Windows. Um, but unspecified ships are usually ships that have turned this off or don't even subscribe to it. Like a small fishing vessel that's basically, he's not going to pay for this service to be tracked and things like that. So this is kind of what Project 44 does. The same thing that I'm doing here. This eliminates any type of possession of the freight, but it still keeps track and it still prices. And like I said, if I were to turn back on containers, let me turn on my containers. Let me get rid of this. Let me get rid of this. Um, let me close this. Um, like I can track certain ships too. Like this site here is the is going to be the Mercy in San Diego. Uh, these are this is going to be one of our spy vessels, which is I'm surprised isn't out there. Or if I can basically do this. Here, this is what everybody wants to see. Everybody wants to see this. Let's turn uh, this off. We'll turn this on. We'll turn this off. And we'll close this. And we'll take a look. See, we got a warship here. Uh, it's just going to tell me military ops. So it's not going to tell me what warship we got out there. 
I got another government ship. That's going to be another military craft. And then I could go to Google and type in uh, CRI-175, and it'll tell me what that ship is. What do we else we got here? Uh, here's another U.S. government ship. Am I referring to the FSL? What is that? Is that the one that they're monitoring the... Hang on. I think that's the one that they're monitoring the... FLSA. That's the one. Is that the one that um, I'd have to send the link? Um, but yeah, that's the one where the Biden administration is changing things. And uh, I guess Wisconsin came up with their own rule. And Wisconsin itself basically is, is making it very difficult uh, to and this is something you're gonna have to watch the DIY. If you go back to DIY truck uh, semi, um, you can watch him with cash, and he talks about it in the beginning, and he actually reads it. Um, and there's one category of that that makes it very difficult for you to be afraid for you to be an independent contractor. Um, it's just it's not in regards to control and things like that over the carrier. It basically lists that as as control. Let me turn that off. Which one was this? Uh, this was geofencing. Do you struggle with the lack of visibility into order status as drivers execute their assigned routes or the inability to capture terminal and site arrival and departure times? With PDI Smart Mobile Geofencing, you have the... So basically, this thing right here is your geofencing area. It, you, you'll then know eventually, this is a small circle, but a lot of times you'll know when a truck comes into this area. Uh, they can put geofencing over, let's say, Dallas, um, and then they'll see how many trucks in the system. And I did a video on this a long time ago. I think it was a Project 44 video uh, in regards to Dallas, and they can go out 20 miles, 30 miles, 40 miles, 50 miles. Um, I think it was 50 or, or 75 miles is the max they can go out for geofencing um, and basically see. Now, what else does this do? Well, in regards to geofencing, um, now they can kind of tweak. Let's say you're in Dallas. Or let's say you're in San Antonio and a, a customer basically has, um, no, you'll be in Dallas. Let's try Dallas. So you're in Dallas and there are a lot of trucks in Dallas, right? So now a freight broker will post a load in Dallas. Now that load's not picking up in Dallas. It's actually picking up in San Antonio, but he's tweaking the system on the rate because what he's doing is... He's basically saying, hey, uh, there's a lot of trucks in Dallas. I'm going to, the computer system's going to give me, I'm going to use simple numbers. The computer system's going to give me $1.75 a mile. But if it's picking up in San Antonio and he posts a load in San Antonio, now that system is going to give him $2.25 a mile rather than $1.75 a mile. So at that point, he's trying to tweak the system with the with the computer system to get the Dallas rate and the Dallas trucks rather than the San Antonio, let's just say, because there's let's say there's less trucks in San Antonio and more loads, that computer rate's going to be higher. So now it starts to make sense to me why a lot of these freight brokers are saying, hey, this load actually picks up in San Antonio. Well, then why did you post it in Dallas? Well, because that's why they're they're gonna the computer system is gonna give them a, a better rate. 
And then, and then when they offer this rate, they're going to say, here's the rate that I've got. Here's that rate. Uh, they'd have to either do an economic reality test or district court appeals for Texas has already denied the attempt. Yeah, you'd have to read the one in, this is one in Wisconsin that he said. So each state is becoming their own rules for this, it seems like. Um, actually, I can do this. Let me do this. It's probably going to be a bunch of puzzles. Hey, I'm live. Let's do uh, DIY semi. And let's go to... There he is right there. And let's go to here. His ability to work for others uses technical, technological means of supervision, reserves the right to supervise or discipline the worker, places demands on a worker's time so they are unable to work for... All right, here it is. Five that were in place. It's like, don't worry. It'll be here today. You know, and... 2021 rule does not comply fully with the Fair Labor Standards Act as interpreted by the courts. Their proposed rule would rescind the 2021 rule and replace it with, quote, a totality of the circumstances analysis of the economic reality test in which the factors do not have a predetermined weight and are considered in view of economic reality of the whole activity. Right. Uh, that's a big old freaking word salad, ain't it? Hmm. Uh, talking about being clear as mud, <laughs> right? It says this rule is similar to the standard that was in place under the Obama administration. The, the proposed rule would, quote, affirm that economic dependence is the ultimate inquiry for determining whether a worker is an independent contractor or an employee. An independent contractor would only be a worker that is, quote, in business for themselves. They lay out that their income streams, no, they lay out that other income streams earned by the worker or the amount earned does not factor into economic dependence. The proposed rule has six factor tests for determining if the worker is economically dependent. Now, these are kind of different than the five that were in place uh, before. Number one, an opportunity for profit or loss depending on managerial skill. Okay, we can, we can uh, as owner-operators, we can make that claim, right? You with me, Cash? Yep. Okay. Number two, an independent contractor would be a worker that, quote, exercises managerial skill that affects the worker's economic success or failure in performing the work. I, I think we can beat that one, right? The way things are? Yep. Okay. Number three, investments by the worker and the employer. That, uh, that, can, that can make sense. Uh, you know, if you're, if, uh, if you're buying your own truck and then the employer is providing the trailer, uh, that's, that's really not too hard to, to achieve. Next one. Investment borne by the worker must be capital or entrepreneurial in nature to indicate independent contractor status. Okay, you, if you're an owner-operator, you got, you got an entrepreneurial investment in your truck. That, uh, that jives. Uh, <clears throat> what about if it's it, their truck? Like, well, I want to go to the problem one. Hang on. <clears throat> if you're an owner-operator leased onto a carrier, you cannot take that truck to work for somebody else. I hear it is. Well, for your safety. Hang on. So what it's saying is basically um, relationship with your carrier is not necessarily permanent or indefinite, uh, indicative of your, what you've done, uh, as part of your business initiative. So I, I would kind of, I would kind of take that as, did you go out, are they saying that, did you go out and drum up business with this carrier or did they recruit you? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, Paul, uh, could be wrong, but only mega brokers are using these AI tools. These brokers have been national sales reps, getting their business operation team, booking these loads. Um, yes. And that's what I'm going to ask tomorrow, because one of the things that I did see in this write-up, and again, I want to verify my questions, I don't want to give it all away, was who uses this? What direct shippers are using this? What direct customers are using this to also put out there? Um, and there was a couple big direct customers that were also using that AI dynamic tools um, to then put it out there for that. So basically, now they're dictating the pay. They're now dictating the price to the broker, and now the broker is going to go out and basically try to find a truck, secure a truck, uh, and do their part, and then they're paid a, I don't know how they're paid, that's why I need to ask, 
they might be paid a um, percentage off the top of that. All right. So the issue is, is that now you have big brokers using it and possibly big customers using it because once you start to see that, hey, I can save money with this AI system that does that gets rid of any type of relationships, that gets rid of any type of um, basically uh, emotions. And, and that was something that came up in Snorlords. Um, I want to say, I can't remember who mentioned it, but they said, and oh, yeah, you were there, Stewie. Who said that? Um, it doesn't have wisdom. AI doesn't have wisdom. So real quick, I brought up definition of wisdom. And he basically said, hey, knowledge without wisdom is a problem. Well, wisdom is taste technically the quality of having experience. Um, experience is algorithms, right? Doing it for historical information. So they have, they have experience. Knowledge, they have more knowledge than any of us can have because they have all of the analytics, all of the data, um, and they make good judgment. Well, they don't make emotional judgment. They make logical judgment, you know, in regards to the load. So their judgment is going to be extremely um, basically based without emotion. It's just numbers, ones and zeros. Here's how much this pay. Here's how much it doesn't pay. So actual AI does have wisdom, and that's kind of what makes it AI, right? Rather than just regular computing, right? Like, I put information and data into my TMS, right? I put your load in there. I put all the information in there. You're now basically um, gathering that information. Well, what the AI does is actually wisdom. It takes the experience, the past, the load, it takes the knowledge of, of everything else that's going on, and then it makes a good judgment in, it, in regards to the past experience and the knowledge of all the numbers and all the factors, and basically says, boom, it's there. Uh, so if you pick up and delivery is in a zip code way outside of the postal location, uh, then we, as we as a carrier should be able to read, absolutely she should be able to renegotiate that if they can, 100%. But the issue is, if I'm posting it in Dallas, and let's say the rate for Dallas is $1.75 because there's so many trucks, right? Uh, and, but the rate for San Antonio was a $2.25 a mile because there's not a, not, not a lot of trucks. I might come up an extra 100 bucks for you to deadhead down to San Antonio because I'm still saving money because overall that load should have paid 225 on the loaded miles. So I'm just throwing you in a little extra money. So it's in my opinion, I, again, I cannot say for sure, but if I was using this system, that's how I would be tweaking the system. I'd basically be posting loads in an area that has a high volume of trucks. And then once I have that number, I have that number to start with and I can say, well, this is all I have in it. This is all I have in it. And then at that point, I pull you out of there. And basically, the, again, I cannot confirm this. But then when I give it to the customer, I give the rate to the customer out of San Antonio. So I started with the truck rate. And this to me, this is wrong. I started with to give your rate from Dallas. But I gave my shipper a rate out of San Antonio. And then I made the difference in the profit by posting it in, out of Dallas and giving them a shipping rate out of San Antonio. Does that make sense? So to me, and it's still cheaper to pay you 
a hundred bucks to deadhead down there. Let's just say I don't know because um, I don't know the, the mile difference, but it's still cheaper to pay you a hundred bucks to dead, dead deadhead down there because the overall run I might still save three hundred dollars after I've given you an extra hundred bucks because I posted it someplace that I got a better rate through this software. Now, these are the questions I'm going to ask tomorrow. Not, I'm not going to word it this way because I want to, because that's what I think they're probably doing when they're posting something in this, in this zip code. And it like, for me, I have a customer that I post because nobody knows the town, but there's a big town, Dallas, but it's outside Dallas, right? So I'll use Dallas, but there's a seven mile difference. You have to go outside of Dallas seven miles. So I normally just say it's in Dallas when I post. And then when I get them on the phone, I say, okay, here's the actual pickup location. It's about, you know, if you were to record this to this, it's a seven mile difference. Um, so, or seven or 10 mile difference. My, my drivers don't complain, but nobody, I, I do it because nobody will know this small little town, but they'll know Dallas. Right. So I'm doing it just so that trucks can basically say, okay, I know where Dallas is rather than say, where is that place? And I say, Dallas, you know, they, they can kind of reference that. But if you're picking Dallas and it's actually in San Antonio, the only thing I can think of is the this AI software is giving you a much better rate coming out of Dallas because of the amount of trucks in Dallas than the amount of trucks in San Antonio. So that again, that's something I'm going to ask. Can this be done? If I wanted to do this, can this be done? And if they say yes, I'm like, I got it. Makes sense to me. Um, the reason what brokers say uh, have it all in is because the broker didn't uh, study the lane and they grabbed. What did I miss? Are, are you ready to come in yet? Yes, I'm still alive. You want the link? Let me just give you the link. If you show up, you show up. Where's my thing? Okay. Why well, I don't schedule this guy? I don't have to talk to my producer. Hang on. Let me do this. Let me click this. Let me copy this. Let me go here and let me go here and let me paste here. All right. That's done. That'll make my life easier. Let me get out of this. All right. Let me play this real quick and I'll get back to you. Hang on one second. Does that make any sense? Right, I can see that going either way. That's, these things are very vague, but there's one right. thing here we're going to get to that's kind of the clincher to me. Um, all right, where did I leave off here? Okay, and then it talks about the nature of degree and control. Um, and here's this kind of something that carries over. Employer's control includes whether or not the employer sets the worker schedule, supervises the performance of work, limits the worker's ability to work for others, uses technical, technological means of supervision, reserves the right to supervise or discipline a worker, places demands on a worker's time so they are not able to work for others, Control over prices or rates for service and marketing of services or products provided by the worker. The more control exerted by the employer favors employee status for the worker. This is where they got us right here. Every, just about every aspect of that paragraph right there uh, is against the independent, the, the owner operator business model. Uh, they, they, except for, you know, you can set your own, you can set your schedule. You can say yes or no to loads, blah, blah, blah. So that's, that doesn't really hold water. Uh, supervises the performance of work. You're damn sure right. Your carrier supervises your performance. They're responsible for your safety, you know, on time, so forth. Here's the, here's the main one right here. Limits the worker's abilities to work for others. <clears throat> if you're an owner-operator leased onto a carrier, you cannot take that truck to work for somebody else. You cannot. It's, it would violate your contract, your permits, your insurance. Am I wrong, Cash? I mean, they got us right with that one, with that one sentence. And this is what I tried to explain. And, and I, know, I know Spectre and them argue with me, but the issue is, is that it's, it's very simple. And I had this conversation with Stuart. 
You cannot, and this is where this law, like I said, this is where this law becomes very damaging. As a carrier crossing lines with an MC number hauling water from California to Florida, at any time, if I you were running under my numbers, you and, and you got a load from a broker, and that that load was assigned to my numbers, I can shut down my carrier in the middle of your run. I can call you up on the phone, and it's happened many times to many truckers out there. I can call you up on the phone and say, I just shut my numbers down. I'm out of business. I'm done. You cannot deliver that load. You cannot ship that load. You cannot hand that load off to anybody else. You cannot call somebody and say, hey, can I finish this load under your numbers? I'll slap them on the door and I'll haul this load. The answer is no to all of them. You have to give that load back to the broker. Okay? So at that point, you cannot finish. You you can't be paid on that load. I cannot pay you directly for that load. I have to pay the carrier to get the load. I can't force it off your truck. You know what I mean? At that point, I could have to pay the carrier, and the carrier may or may not pay you. That is control. The fact that they can do it is control. Now, they might never do it, but they can do it. And the only way, technically, for you to haul a load for somebody else is you have to quit and be hired on by that new company. Now, it's, it can be called trip leasing, but you're still running under somebody else's numbers. You're still uh, leasing on to another carrier. So that's where any employee can quit a job, right? A- an employee can quit a job. So the fact that you can quit isn't leverage enough to be able to say, well, I'm not under their control. You're 100% under control of your carrier. No matter how you think about it, how if you have somebody else's numbers... You have somebody else's numbers. They're not your numbers. They're someone else's. They're not assigned to you. Perfect example. Freight broker, Canadian freight broker is an agent. They are not his numbers. He is not a broker. He is a broker agent. Now, he does absolutely everything a a broker pretty much does. But they're not his numbers. And at any time... That they could, he could be booted out. Let me bring you on here. At any time, he could be booted out, and technically, they might not pay him if they go under. Now, it's not going to happen, but I'm just saying that it, that's control, like it or not. All right, so let's get back to the AI thing. What's going on, buddy? What's up? All right, are you on the right mic? You're not on your normal mic, right? No. I'm okay, on, just just making I'm sure. Because if not, I was going to tap. Let me ask no, this. I'm just on the regular. Okay, Stuart's got my... I can't have the headphones on because I need to hear my phones if they ring. Gotcha. I've had Stuart on. He'd have to shoot me a quick text. I'll let him in. Hey, how did this all start? Kind of go over the fact of the conversation you were having with, uh, I think it was Big Rig CEO. Oh, about the AI? Yeah. So, um, you know, I I dispatch for three different platforms. I have a reefer truck. I have a dry van or two dry vans, and I have a flatbed. And I pay attention to freight waves. I pay attention to trends. I look at um, I look at 
all these different factors. Now, a lot of times I'm not smart, so I, I just kind of figure things out as I go. But I, I have noticed that, um, you know, I, I notice trends, right? If, right. If, if something, if everybody's doing the same thing, I want to know why. You know, a, a friend of mine that works the spot market, he taught me something very, very, um, very smart. He, he, he said, if I look and see why is an area paying more than normal, I want to know why. Not just, oh, wow, cool, they're paying more than normal, so we're, we're going to take off, you know. And 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 the way i've way my trucking career has been i've only worked for four companies in the 14 years i've been driving um, i was only at one company as a company driver and as an owner operator was at landstar schneider and of course like trucking which is where i'm still at and i tend you know in, in the company i worked for i worked for them for six years and i and i tend to do we tended to do the same runs all the time. We had dedicated customers. You know, I'd either go from Springfield to Pennsylvania and back, or we would go from Springfield to Salt Lake and back, or we'd go Springfield to Atlanta and back. Every now and then we we go up to Wisconsin or Michigan, you know, but for the most part, we did a lot of the same stuff. So what I've noticed is that things happen in cycles. Like there's a shipper in the ocean, Missouri. They ship a lot of uh, the small appliances that you buy people for Christmas gifts. Those become hot and heavy oh, around, you know, September mm -hmm. through, uh, you know, Black Friday. You know, things like that. And then, of course, Reefer, you recognize the, the um, you know, the like right now, a lot of uh, processed and frozen food for the holidays is shipping right now. You know, and, and in Flatbed, of course, the Southeast is lit up with, you know, building materials and construction, building materials, construction um, for commercial has not slowed down that I've seen. Right. You know, and of course, a lot of equipment, a lot of FEMA stuff going down to Florida. So that told me that Georgia rates were going to soften up because everybody's trying to get out of Florida and you ain't, you ain't pulling anything out of Florida. So I look at load ratios on all the different load boards, you know, and, and and I try to figure out why. And so what I noticed this past week is that the last couple of weeks that as the brokers are driving down rates, I noticed that's the same increments on all platforms, regardless of, of what platform it is, regardless of where in the country it is. And I noted that it's, it's a, how can brokers be so united Mm -hmm. And there's like thousands upon thousands of brokers, just like trucking companies. How can they be so united? And then Big Rick CNO and I were having a private discussion about AI, about how there's a lot of brokers utilizing that AI. And so essentially what we're seeing, what I'm seeing is that the big ones like Coyote, CH Robinson, TQL, all the big brokerages that you know the names of, Surge, right. Spot, yep. you know, Stored. They um, they have a computer screen that tells them what the profit margin needs to be and what number that they can't go above or below. Right. And whether the load has to move or not. Now, when I started seeing that in high volume, like when I start calling and 20 brokers tell me the same thing, you know, there was one time I called on a load that was up in uh, Chicago. Mm -hmm. And at that particular moment, there's over a thousand loads within a hundred mile radius of going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so I would hold my line 
and you know i wouldn't do anything out of desperation you know or anything like that which i, I try not to do but a lot of people are right now because this is taking them by surprise me i've yeah. been through down markets before i've dealt with this i've dealt with some mini recessions i've dealt with i dealt with 2020 mm -hmm. you know when we lost all our freight then and i called up you know call them up and said, I, I need to hold line because there's over a thousand loads within a hundred mile radius. So I think I'm going to get my rate. And they're like, okay. And I would use the term, Hey, you know, if anything changes, call me back. And they're like, no, we won't be calling you. And so last week I dealt with a guy, I dealt with two brokers that, that were so smug saying, we will sell this at this, at this price. We will not be calling you. In fact, you'll be calling me here in about 20 minutes. Wow. And of course I wouldn't, I'll, I'll let the truck sit and I'll pay myself to give that guy that justification. Yeah. But, but that's how, I mean, they're literally holding that line. And the only thing that makes the load move now, mm -hmm. and here's the other trend I've noticed, is now you have loads that pick up at 8 a.m. on Monday yeah, and deliver Tuesday at 5 a.m. and they're 700 miles away. They're waiting to the last minute to book this stuff. Now, you and I have talked about that before. Yeah. So just just recognizing those trends and recognizing something makes you go, huh, they're all doing the same thing about the same increments, about the same amount. Right. You know, it's funny, big rig C and I were having lunch the other day and he called on a load and I'm looking at the, his 15 day average and he's on speakerphone with the broker. And, and while he's on hold, I said, you know, I think big rig was asking for 13, and this is a load that he probably used to do for 15. Right. And the broker had it posted for 700. And I looked at, I looked at his, I looked at his, his information on the phone and I said, 800, I bet you he won't let it go past 800. And sure enough, he wouldn't. And of course, big rig didn't take that load, but it was like, I can almost predict it. Like it was going to happen. And, and so when I'm looking through a load board, I'm looking for that one broker that needs to move a load mm -hmm. that isn't going by those set AI numbers, you know, that the computer has told them. Now, the other thing is I was talking to a click and go broker that we have a rep for. And um, so, and this is the story I think I told you, there was a load on the board for a thousand bucks. No, it was 11, 1134 was the amount. And so what I did was I put in 1300. It rejected and countered with, it actually wouldn't counter at first. Right. So it was waiting. So reps will contact you or, you know, we'll, we'll respond in, in minutes. Well, I never got a response. So I called my guy up and like, Hey man, what's, what's going on with this? Can we just, can we expedite this BS and give it to me for 13? Knowing that he'd probably come down to 12 and I would do it for 12. Right. Cause that, that's, that's, you know, that's how it works. Right. That's how the game plays. And so he's like, yeah, um, they're only wanting to go to, uh, you know, they're not responding. So just kind of wait, they'll respond soon. So I hang up on him and within a minute I get a response. The counter offer was a thousand. Now, mind you, it was on there for 1134. So they went down from the, from the offer went down so i i typed this nasty <laughs> email you know because it, it just hit me it just hit me it, it hit a nerve right right and so i hit the backspace button because i don't want to burn any bridges and and i 
and and I said, look, maybe Coyote's not a great choice for me right now because right. you're going down on your offer. And we're not going up. I, th this is not right. So he calls me up. And he goes, well, well, let me educate you. You know, he was nice about it. He goes, let me. Educate so you. what happened was that that was a computer default. If you go over a certain amount mm -hmm. when you bid on these lows that allow you to bid, the computer will automatically reject it. And they'll either take it off your, your app or they're going to counter in $50 increments or $100 increments. And that one happened to be lower than what the original posting was. Now, what that could have also been was that, that their dynamic pricing resetting itself from that bid. And there was more I've trucks. I've seen that, yes. Right. So that, that's exactly what they're, they're saying that this system does. The computer system basically says, hey, you just offered this. Somebody else just offered this. And now you have a reset. On the dramatic on that dynamic system, that makes sense. Yeah, and and so, um, he said, "Look, they'll probably go down to, they'll probably come up to twelve, and by that time, I just withdrew my bid altogether." But, but you know, basically, he can only do what the computer tells him to do. Right. And and so, um, I noticed that you know when you talk to like TQL, you don't have a rep there. You're just talking to random people mm -hmm. and these random people are underneath a bigger broker. There's like a, there's like a, uh, what do you call it? A hierarchy that you got to go through. Right. right. Yep. And, and those people are instructed not to go past their no, a certain number. Now, if you throw some negotiating tactics that kind of like make their brain kind of, <laughs> you know, Whoa, I don't know what to do. And I've done that. Right. You know, I've used some words that they're not trained to, to, <laughs> to right. deal with. And, and so the bigger broker comes on, the bigger agent, and he tells me we can't go beyond a certain number. because. And they use the term, we're taking a loss, which is probably why a lot of drivers want this transparency, because mm -hmm. that is a negotiating tactic. That is not truth. Correct. You know, so, and then the load I talked about this morning um, in my live feed, um, you know, in which you played, you know, I was talking to the guy about yep. how he wasn't allowed to go above a certain number. And they wouldn't go above a certain number. And that number was literally 50% of what that lane's paying if they're going by that. But I'm but I also know that he told me that there a lot of brokers are undercutting each other, especially on this 3PL stuff, because they want that freight because right. they're starting to get straps too, because of the volume levels. And that's what we dealt with in 2020. When your CH Robinson rep has hundred lows on his board and that goes down to 20. That computer is going to tell them to absolutely, unless it absolutely has to move. And by that time, the driver's desperate, he's hungry, and he'll do it for that twenty percent less. Right, and I'm showing the the uh, right now. I'm showing the outbound rejection tenders that are. It's COVID was basically almost zero, and we're already down to four point five. So, and we could be going lower. And this is what he's talking about in regard to volumes. So now I got Stewie on here. Stewie, what's going on, buddy? Hey, how you doing, man? There's, there's a couple of things with AI, and I haven't heard anyone specifically talk about these these couple of items right here, right? Okay. Number one, when you look at go to an app or a website, right, and I click on a load, the, it's no different to YouTube. You get the, the impressions, right? How many hits has that got? Yes, I can probably I mean, show you that. Go ahead, yeah. though. So when, you know, these brokers are going to see that, hang on, we've had X amount of hits in so much time, this could potentially be hollowed. They open up the next page of that. Well, it's the map or 
the, the details right of the load and looking more how much time you're looking at this load i mean it's not necessarily just like a tracking side of stuff it's we can see how much how much heat is on this on this particular load which is going to determine not, not necessarily the volumes coming in and going out as well you know i mean you've seen we've all seen the movie on netflix the social dilemma dilemma right where it talks about yeah. facebook companies like facebook amazon are already using this technology and this is a computer right it's going off the analytics of time you know when this load needs to move volume of truck there is so much data which which it's using right there and we're still we're still looking at the emotional side of it from a human like should we do this shouldn't we do this i mean that thing is this computer is so far advanced you know the the ability for for this to do that um to think that it's not coming you know i mean it's in its infancy right now right it's in its well, but as it gets better it's it's gonna pretty much tell us what we should be doing and what's the most profitable for us to do well let, let me add to that Stuart. so i had a buddy of mine that uses primarily nothing but uh a couple of click and goes mm -hmm. um and uh one of them was coyote and he had um he had looked at a load looked at it didn't didn't bid on it or nothing it might have been kind of it might have been jb hunt i forget which one it was one of those though looked at it looked at something else looked at it looked at something else looked at it looked at something else you know he kept going back to it and, the, and then his broker called hey we noticed that you're looking at that one load coming out of your area what's keeping you from clicking that it's it's already there it's all so the technology is already there and they're looking That's at that but that sort of leads me on to the next the next bit right here let walmart right let's just take walmart for example walmart when a let's, product let's, is first of all first of all it's, it's walmart you're killing me here smalls no just go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but when a product is scanned out they know this is okay x products gone out the store we now need to put one on our order list from the DC. So it all it's all automation, right? It all already knows when it's, if we're already tracking, if a company like it is already tracking one product, why wouldn't it be all the way along the line from the shipper? I mean, it probably is already there as, as well. But that, that comes back to the AI. This stuff is so more advanced than I think, I mean, I even I can understand and to try and compete with that i think it's very difficult and when you have brokers or just these big shippers like the walmarts the amazons and so on that are going to control a lot of that how do you how do you compete against that technology i just don't see how you can compete with it because it's it's just so far more intelligent than us and so many more avenues that it's looking at than we are as humans well let me let me answer uh a700 HPs it says stop dealing with mega brokers. There are dozens and dozens of small brokerages out there you can take your chances with, and I agree with that. Um, the The problem is, is you got to. The what I have found is it's more of a challenge to find those because if they're pulling off a three PL, their their hands are tied as well. If they're pulling Correct. off a broker's board, their hands are tied as well on, on what they could profit. Correct. Um, oh, right. I mean. The smaller brokerages that eventually, if you've got a big brokerage and they can come in and say, well, we're using this technology. We can give you these trends. We know this is the best time for you to ship the product. 
the, the, the smaller broker is also is a victim as well to this because they're not they don't have the funds to buy this technology or buy into this technology no different to us carriers right so are they just are they just a, a victim of this technology as well well yeah i mean they, they look the the dat rate thing that that sage you know the part of the video i did catch in the beginning that he talked about any broker can get that i mean i can look on ascend and see things that that carriers can't so um but you know the small brokerages i i agree wholeheartedly but i mean you know then your factoring company will they factor them you know do they have a history you know you're taking a lot more risk you know now if it's somebody you know like you know there's some smaller brokerages here in springfield you know that i can use and i have you know extended family that works at a couple of them you know something like that i would take a chance on but like you know you see uh, i know a lot of carriers that won't deal with california brokers if they're mom and pop because there's been a whole lot of shadiness going on with that so i mean you, i mean i i agree i i i'm i'm the kind of guy that will support a local store and pay more versus giving walmart my money I try to find it locally before I order it on Amazon. I'm that guy, and, and I would love to do it with the brokers, but if this local broker only has like five loads this week and CH Robinson can keep my truck moving, right. who am I going to go with? You know, so, I mean, it's it, it's it's a case of the little guy versus the big guy, and, and, and there's so many tools that are not in our favor that we have to... Um, that we have to recognize and I don't think people realize the how many cards are really stacked against us both brokerages and and Absolutely. carriers and that's where like I said even with broker transparency it becomes very difficult and let's use uh, let, let's use Stuart Stuart let's say you got your own numbers you're running your own numbers you got five, 10 trucks and you got a direct customer right and that customer comes and says hey I've got uh, 12 loads right and you're like, well, we're going to put all our trucks on it. And you put all your trucks on it and you have two extra loads that you're going to run through your brokerage. So let's say you put it out there and the two carriers that you put it out there, they say, yeah, we'll run the loads. And then they run the loads and they contact you the next day and say, hey, we want broker transparency. Show us, show us how much you did. Show us how much you build your customer, right? Now, next thing you know, they're now, you're now in competition with those guys because those guys are going to your customer it becomes very difficult or it becomes, you know, you look at it and say, crap, why do I even want a brokerage? I don't want a brokerage. But you, that brokerage helps you expand. It helps you grow. It helps you maximize your, your, the, your whole logistics uh, for your customer, right? Because it's, it's, it's about the complete logistic package for a customer. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you do? And, and so that hurts smaller truck drivers and smaller brokerages. And then you take the AI and you put the because we already use AI now, right? I mean, yeah. right now you have AI that will tell a customer that, hey, you're about to run out of toilet paper now. You know what I'm saying? And and it's it, they use AI. Uh, the minute I, I I can talk about something, I can search um, new microphones because my BB's complaining about my microphone. And next thing you know, I got 17 ads for microphones. AI, right? Analytics, all that data. But now it's like, how are they, fa if they're legitimately factoring every truck that comes into the system and every carrier that comes into that, that geo zone, right, that geofencing zone, they can now wait for, let's say Snorlord would rather haul for a dollar fifty out of there and you're $1.75 and they see Snorlord coming in for a dollar fifty, they can literally hold that load because he's done it before for a dollar fifty. 
they can hold it a day or two for Snorlord to get there. Mm-hmm. You see, you, you, they, they, why not? I'm and I'm not. I'm just using simple numbers. Snorlord, I know you don't haul for a dollar fifty a mile, but it's, it's, I'm just yeah, using don't get simple that reputation. No, <laughs> right? I'm just using simple numbers, right? So, or let's say Snorlord's at you know, or know your worth. I want seven dollars a mile. Let's say just trucking. He wants forty two dollars a mile or for a thousand miles, yeah. right? I deserve two miles. Yeah, $42 right. a mile. So at That's that right. point, they're like, well, you know, we're going to let this $42 mile guy sit. He's coming in too, but he's our last pick compared to we got Snorlord coming in and he'll do it for $225 a mile if we can just wait till Thursday. Well, they already do that. So right. there's, I had a broker reach out to me. He had a Joplin in Springfield. And he goes, if you can cover, you know, in, he goes, give me a quote. How many can you cover a week? Give me a quote. Now, running my own truck and dispatch, I can only do one a day. And they apparently they had four or five a day. That's going to be steady for at least three months. Right. And and so Joplin Springfield's about 80 miles, by the way. So, you know, what's that? 160 miles round trip. Yeah. You know, if you do two a day. Um, but that that ain't right. But math is hard. But anyways. <laughs> I, I could do one or two a day. Right. And and so I gave him my quote, and he goes, well, at that price, we would only want one every other week from you. If you can move two of these a day, we'll, we'll do it for, you know, X amount, you know, which is a way lower amount because, you know, they want you to make it up in volume. And, and uh, of course, I didn't course i didn't win the bid you know because how do you you know i don't know how to bid on stuff like that obviously and he told me he goes look if, if you're only going to do one a day then you have to be at this number but if you want to do two a day you could be at this number but if you're only going to but if you want this number you're only gonna, so it, right. at, at the end of the day it wasn't worth my time you know so i imagine some small carrier around here probably snagged that up and is doing them consistently as we speak um so and then another thing I'll add to this. So mm -hmm. a, uh, a friend of mine who was in my live chat this morning, he was telling me earlier that in another chat, in another video, that he was doing a dedicated customer and he got underbid by $900. So he no longer has a dedicated customer. So, mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's people are cutting each other's throats. Drivers are doing it. Um, brokers are doing it. And if everybody's going by the same computer thing, or if they're getting it from the same three three PL board, you know, a lot of times I'll call on a load they don't even have it. You know, they're they're just using me to quote their price, see if they can sell this load for you know X amount of dollars. If they can, then they get the contract and they take it from somebody else. I've actually experienced that. I I booked the load out of Tulsa, and it's like. Can you do two of these? I said I could do one Saturday and one Sunday. It was like Tulsa to Rogers or something like that. Yeah. Oh no, it was Rogers to um, Fort Gibson. And so I booked it, booked the two loads, waiting on the rate con, waiting on the rate con, sitting there in Tulsa. I'm now I'm leaving the the receiver in Tulsa, and I, I need to know which direction I need to go. And so I get to the truck stop and, in Tulsa, and I. And he goes like, oh, hey, by the way, that load's been canceled. And so I look on the load board, and there, there's that same exact load, but with a different broker. So I called that guy up. Hey, what's the story? Oh, these are the you know same exact specs, everything. 
He's like, yeah, we're moving these. And it was like $200 less. I'm like, oh, well, I just booked this loan and it canceled for X amount. And he's like, yeah, because we underbid them and got the deal. Mm. So the guy didn't even have the loads in the beginning. He was just using the drivers to quote, yep. okay, I've got 10 drivers on the ready that can do X amount of loads for X amount of price. And then another broker did the same thing and undercut that guy. And he didn't even have the trucks secured. Mm. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of shenanigans going on, you know, and, 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 you know, but that's part of the game. If you're not doing contract freight or you're doing, or you're on a private carrier, this is what you have to deal with. Right. So. Yeah. And, and understand, like I said, they got, and, and, and he puts double brokering, co-brokering. No, he's probably getting it from a 3PL, which is a third party provider, which is a software. So he's technically getting it directly from the customer, but he's underbidding on that. 3PL system, right? Well, I mean, that was one of the things I dealt with Landstar. When I was at Landstar, my my go-to was shopping carts out of Wagner, Oklahoma. I loved doing them. They were multiple stop, um, easy on, easy off. Um, it, it was great. It was kind of like, you know, when the, when the, when we hit this little mini recession and yeah. the rates went down at Landstar, the thing to do was multiple stops. And these shopping cart lo loads were perfect for this. And, and I had an agent, you know, she didn't even have to post her stuff on the board. Yep. But then the shipper said, lowest bidder now. And so the agents were undercutting each other. And right. pretty soon that freight was no longer profitable for me. So right. I stopped doing it. There's a big difference though between 08 and today. Um, not only I think is what's happened with the economy has somewhat been manipulated by spending shutting the country down for you and all that okay mm -hmm. just look at just look at ai look at look at the technology in 2008 and how much more intelligent it has got today correct uh, and i think you know when you look at that it, and it's only going to get more intelligent as more cell phones are out there as there is mm -hmm. more data collected it's just going to click get onto these trends a lot quicker and it's just you know if that if that computer's job is to have the finest margin possible uh and, and push these rates down it's just going to get better at that right uh, so I well, think the, of them then wagner loads that you're talking about i think the the, the ai is going to say well this is maybe what people were doing then and they're just going to start cutting costs well, there or whatever your go-to was at the time right Right, and and you know, some of the stuff that this AI is also looking at is it's actually looking at tender rejections. It's actually logging into the stuff that, that Freightways put out. It actually looks at, hey, we're in a recession. It looks at the CPI. Um, you know, it, it looks at all of the information in regards to the cost of energy um, and all of that, cost of fuel, cost of goods. So if we're in a recession, that AI is going to be like, remember, because it's working right as we talk right now. And it can kick down or it can kick up based on trucks coming in, based on recession, based on market, based on weather, based on uh, fuel costs. All of that can be factored in in a matter of seconds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, the pendulum swings harder now. So there's the spot market's always been a roller coaster. If you look at the historical data that FreightWaves puts out and DAP puts out and all the low boards puts out, it, 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 it's a roller coaster. But it seems like every time that pendulum swings it, it's it's broader like we go from like 2020 we had i mean uber was posting loads for a buck a mile 
Right. You know, and and then, you know, suddenly that same load, you know, a year later is like at five dollars a mile. Right. And, and 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 so whereas before the bid, it was you know, it wasn't as extreme, you know, and so mm -hmm. now we have this mentality that we got to swing for the fences. We're either feast or famine, and that feast and famine becomes a wider gap. So the reaction to this market is going to be really interesting because what created our massive high rates last year was the massive low rates of the year before. And, you know, so un unless there's an external dynamic that changes things like, yeah, like the vid was that thing, but all it did was create more extremes. It created a perfect storm with the lack of equipment and and the gold rush, you know, mentality that happened at the same time. Um, hey, it's Monica from D. Sorry, go ahead. And so I see the extreme. It, it's more extreme now. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what the upswing, what that's going to entail. And so I imagine there's forces at work that are trying to reduce that pendulum swing. Right. You know, but by then, you know, fuel and equipment prices will be too high that it's going to be tough, you know. I mean, in this right here, this this is remember, this is called freight cast on DAT. Now, I have no idea what it costs. Um, I don't have DAT. I do truck stop. I'm going to talk to truck stop tomorrow and see if they have the same thing. Sure they do. Use D, use the eight day forecast to determine your best day to move freight. And they Today we're going to look at how the rate cast feature in Rate View can help freight brokers to make quick, informed pricing decisions. I will be working in the eight day version of Rate Cast, so if you see any features you like but don't currently have access to, I've included a link in the description below where you can learn more about those. Over the next few minutes, I'll show you how to figure out how much you'll pay for a load that picks up on any day in the coming week so that you can quote the right price to your customers and carriers. You can also use Rate Cast to advise your customers on the most cost effective timing for pickup and deliveries on their loads. So let's get started. The first thing you'll do after logging into RateView is select single lane lookup in the top left corner of your screen. Choose the equipment type, origin, and destination for the load you're working on. You can click history to see the rate trend on this lane in the past 13 months, or you can look at the RateCast tab to see the forecast for the next eight days. If you want to compare RateCast rates to historical data, do keep in mind that our historical data is only shared if we have a minimum number of reports. So you'll want to check in the top left to be right. sure you know. And this is what they talk about. So all you have to do is just look right here. I mean, you literally probably have these guys looking at this type of system. Now, they might have their own. It might be their own integrated system. It might not be the DAT one, but it might integrate with this information. And they're keeping these analytics. And I ask this all the time. Stewie, how long have you been driving? Uh, well, in, in the States since 2016. 2016 in in the States. Before that, you were uh, illegally driving in another country. What? what how does that work? Uh, you, you weren't here? Uh, I was doing some air conditioning, and before mm, that, right. I was my family had a so, business. So let's say 2016. So you were driving as an owner-operator? Yep. All right, so you're an owner-operator in 2016. If I were to come back to you and say, hey, how much did you make um, the week of October 19th of 2018? Could you pull that information right now? I, nope. I would have to. It would take me probably a couple of days to get back to you. I could find it out, but it would be very – and it would be very – vague information i'll be honest with you uh very vague and but this system can yeah instantly this system it, can tell what it was paying out 
in in a certain lane. So if I went back to you and I said, hey, uh, where were you on this day? And, and you said, well, I was in Dallas. Let's just say you could figure it out, right? You go back to your logs. And I can say, well, what was what 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 were you making on that lane? I, I don't know. I don't know. And but this system here, this AI system can literally go back and do that. It can actually go back and tell you what it how much it moved in 2018. Instantly. Oh no, I I understand that. And the thing that can do that I can't do is I can tell you for me what that rate was. Now, was that a late a late pickup? Someone fell off. I don't I don't know. Right. You know, I can't tell you what the market was actually doing that day. You know what that that month or that week. Right. You know, was it? You know how you get them diamonds in the rough you pick up? It could be one of them. I mean, and the market could have actually been really shit, right? I right. mean, I, I don't know. That data can or that technology can, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to do one thing here. Sterling, I see you in here. Give me a second here. Um, you can click the link, Sterling, if you'd like. Uh, let's see, Sterling. Hey, Sage. Yeah. I I got to go. I got to get to work. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. I, I literally watched the first ten minutes of your feed, and then I was I was out. So, <laughs> well, the first ten minutes was just you. So basically, you already watched you. So you'll have to go back and watch this. Um, let me do this. This is Sterling, <laughs> real quick. Um, if you guys will go ahead and give Sterling some subscribers, he's he's at five hundred. He wanted to feed five hundred, but uh, then he dipped because sometimes they kick out some bots once you reach like five hundred. Once you reach a thousand, they they start to kick out some bots. Um, Sterling, you can jump up too if you like. Um, I dropped the link. I have to, I have to drop it again. I can. It should be been here though. Uh, but and that's everybody Sterling. subscribe to my small channel, Snorlord OG. Oh, the Snow Lord OG. I'll have to pull, pull that one I up, I need too. to get that one up to 500 so I can start doing community posts that go outside of the trucking universe. So Yeah, well, that's what we're going to get you on for the underground. So when I start to do my underground show, we'll get you on with that one, too. And if we have to uh, simulcast, we can simulcast. I can show you how to do that. Awesome. All, right. All right, guys. Peace. Later. See you, buddy. But yeah, so this is, like I said, this was a big thing um, in regards to your Snow Lord's done this to me before. He says, hey, why are all these warehouses going up? Um, next thing you know, I'm like, all right, whatever, let me check into it. And I, and we, I checked into it and we came up with that. They were moving from just in time trucking to uh storage trucking because of all the stuff that was going to be happening. And, and, uh, we pretty much hammered that one. So this is another one that basically he's seeing the trend that this is basically going to be, uh, self-driving AI, um, systems and these AI systems, the calculations that they're doing. And that's, in my opinion, that's why they're also forcing as much. Um, they're trying to get you guys out of W9s. They're trying to get you guys out of flat nose trucks. They want you all to kind of be running the same seven miles a gallon, the same, um, you know, uh, type of equipment. Because the more, the more they make you guys the same, the better they can optimize the system. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's projections, right? They want to be able to project what's going to happen, and if they can't, you know, the more uniform you can make make the industry, the easier it is to do that, right? Minus weather or something crazy like that, right? And and understand that you're not all you are is hang on, all you are is a uh, algorithm. So, uh, uh, how do I? You didn't ask my question. How do I become a super part time night shift? only broker yeah i'm working on that i'm working on yeah I, I had a situation that i do with one of my customers and uh 
basically they we were moving this freight and then the receiver thought they could do things better and now it's in a, in a cluster and, and next thing you know yeah drop your channel you're 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 a mod um so we it, it happens even in my things that next thing you know problems arise i'll have to wait until i see how it pans out and then i'll probably talk about hey, it I, I have a question for you yeah uh, do you ever see a day in this industry where it becomes so streamlined with AI that there is three or four conglomerates, you know, that pretty much control the industry and moving all of the freight, like, you know, like a, a UPS, FedEx, DHL, and, you know, do you see it? Do you ever see where pretty much all shippers, that's all they'll ever have a choice from in one day? Is it'll just be a handful of big, big companies? And your small guy has gone out the window. There's no more small brokers. There's no more small carriers. Trucks are all driving themselves down. Do you see that ever happening? I mean, I see uh, it, it's not anywhere close at this point. Do I see um, a complete control of logistics? It, it would be a long ways away. I see a lot of new stuff coming to logistics because I see... Um, we have, we're in conflict with other countries right now, right? We are definitely, there's no doubt about that we are in some type of, we are in conflict. And logistics play a monstrous role in that. I'm actually going to be doing a story um, with somebody from the Epoch Times uh, that I have on the show, um, Dr. Antonio Graceffo. Me and him are working on a story on how important logistics is and how um, the, China and Russia is now affecting our logistics, which is affecting our country. So I do see it as one of those things that at one point the rail didn't exist, but the rail took a percentage of the freight away, right? So even if self-driving trucks come in, um, they're going to take maybe, let's say they take a percentage of the, of the freight. Let's say they take 25% away. It still helps out the system just like the rail helped out the system, but there's still trucks. I mean, down the road, is, there, is it possible at that point? Um, that it, that happens. Sure, it's possible because the future is it's coming. Their self-driving trucks are coming. There's they're already in other countries. They're already using them. Um, it's not about safety as much as it is about uh, streamlining and trying to stay competitive against other countries. Right? If we can't afford to to move anything and we're constantly getting beat by China in every aspect, then we're doomed. Right? We're we're moving we're moving stuff around our, ourselves, and here we have it high inflation. So, and, and this, again, this, we can get into a whole nother topic and be completely off trucking and I can, you know, do this tomorrow in regards to why we have inflation, what it is. We, the reason we, the inflation is what it is, was not Biden. It was not Biden. He did not stop it, but it was started during Trump's end of Trump's um, presidency. It was, it was, we have inflation because COVID, we, the country got shut down and this is what China wanted which drove us to make decisions on shutting our country down so that, and this is the story I'm going to be doing with the Epoch Times, which then they had to print money, and Trump was a part of giving an extra $600 to stay home. He was there when they were handing out PPP loans. He was there when they were handing out ELD, uh, ELID loans or whatever they are. Mm -hmm. We had horrible ports. A report came out in 2015 that said all it takes is one of these problems and our logistics is going to go skyrocketing because we cannot, we are the, the least efficient ports in the world. We rank 350 out of 350. And at that point, that was the start of the inflation. 
That was the start of the money printing. That was the start of the broken uh, logistics. That was the start of it. Now they don't. They're not doing real well stopping it, um, or or in any way because they uh, they still give out money. They still they're still in my state. They're still giving out EID. Uh, yeah, forgivable loans. So, so, so let me ask you another like a, a follow up to that real quick. Yeah. As far as what would have been. The, the correct action you know obviously you can't just keep handing out money and these right. loans well i mean how obviously the government had an obligation to support us but if you're shutting down the economy in mm -hmm. my opinion okay the government had a responsibility to look after its people that, right. that that's my opinion sure. i mean to you know because if you're saying you can't work now yeah uh, because this i i feel they, they have to do something now does that come in the the, the sense of handing out money i personally don't think so i would have rather have seen it in maybe you know electricity forgiveness you know you, you don't have to pay your electric bill for the next 12 months or in sure. other forms because in the long run that sort of stuff has a kickback on china instead of printing money correct right and that's so how it would have First, I was president. That's how I would have done it. First thing Stuff that needed, like that. first thing that needed to happen is the ports needed to get as cleared as fast as possible, right? Uh, ports yeah. getting cleared as fast as possible. They should have lifted the uh, overdimensional aspects that you could have put, so you can put two, so you can put two um, containers on one truck and be overweight, which they just started to do in Louisiana. They should have did that immediately. Immediately, they should have lifted the overdimensional aspect because right now you cannot create an overdimensional aspect with two pieces of freight. Okay, you can't have two pieces that are six foot wide and stick them together and be 12 wide because you can take one off and be legal. Well, they should have listed, lifted that for containers coming out of the port and said, look, you can be overweight on two containers, but you have to order a permit like it's one piece. Yeah. All right. That that would right there. And you would have sent trucks there. They would have been made great money. They would have been pulling two containers out rather than one container. Um, at that point, they should have also moved empty containers out of there, even if they had to just bring in trucks to do nothing but empty containers and put them in a different spot. Now you're clearing the ports, right? Yep. So now freight's still flowing. Things are still coming in. At that point, you have to start weeding people off of the unemployment and saying, look, you, if you have a job, I got to pull back on this. I got to pull back on this. We're doing what we can to clear the ports. We're doing what we can to open up. Um, we're moving. We're trying. We're doing a lot of things here, but we've got to start pulling back on this money. Then at this point, you're going to start losing a lot of positions can be filled instead of offering just free money. You start to say, Hey, we will give you vouchers for retraining you for putting you in different things. If your position's gone. So let's say you're you, normally you're a restaurant or you're a waitress at a restaurant, but this restaurant's now closed and everybody's working from home. So nobody's coming to your restaurant. At that point, you could apply to be re-educated, to be re-schooled, re-educated is a bad term, to be re-schooled in something else. So if you wanted to go for this, if you know, or you wanted to take some type of schooling, they would offer that money, um, uh, th that extra money for some type of training you to teach them to do something different. One of the problems we have here in this country is other countries are passing us in regards to um, intelligence. Let's just face it, the, 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 the high tech, the data, the, uh, the AI um, and while we're going and taking gender studies, other countries are basically taking classes in regards to um, future technologies that is actually going to be used in the future. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. 
So you would then have to basically say, look, if you can, it, 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 here's, are the fe- here's the fields. I don't care if it's a nurse. I don't care if it's a doctor. I don't care if it's a programmer. Here's the fields we're offering benefits, um, money assistance in for you to be, if you're a waitress, right now's the time that you can sit on home, take online classes, do what you need to do to get this certificate, this diploma, this degree, whatever you want. So now you're taking those people that you're sitting there and you're focusing them to be better when they come out of this work stoppage. Mm-hmm. All right. Now these people are coming out with better jobs and better opportunities. And, and they're not just going back to being a waitress for, for a restaurant who's no longer there because everybody's working from home and nobody's working in the office that used to come to that restaurant. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So. I like that. The, that that's what I would have been doing if I was in any type of leadership role, um, rather than just giving out that free money. And then you have to look at this and say, okay, what do we need? Well, we need this. We need teacher. We need this. We need this. We have a shortage of this, 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 even if it's trucking at that point, you know what I'm saying? Hey, are you looking for a CDL? We're offering, you know, assistance and a lot of States do, but I'm just saying, this is the stuff that should have been done rather than just here's free money, sit at home. No, it should have been, here's money, but you have to be working at bettering your, the, the position that you were in if that, if that position is going to be gone. And, that, and, they, and that's what I would have done. And this is Sage now running for president of United. No, just kidding. I'm actually not. <laughs> no, hey, man, I've got to go. They've just unloaded me, so I've got to get rolling here. So, yeah, I, I'm going to jump off here. Uh, but these are other shows. So the other show I'm going to be doing is going to be called Sage Underground, and that's where I'm going to probably have on uh, Will, if he'll ever come on my show. Um, he'll probably only come on if I wear a Ferdoni. Uh, uh, what the heck? Uh, what is the name of the hat, Will? What's the name of the hat that you want me to wear? Um, I can't remember. But uh, also, if anybody else wants to come on, it's not going to just be trucking related. Most likely, it's not going to be trucking related. Um, it'll be basically a show that we talk about what's you know current events and stuff like Fedora. Thank you, fantastic. That's the hat I'm going to have to wear. Um, so if who's in here? Is anybody in here? Let me do this real quick. Uh, hang on. Let me type this in. Oh, I'll catch you later. Okay, go. Yeah, jump off. Later. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right. So the other one that we're going to be doing, I'm going to drop Will's channel in here. If you're not subscribed to this channel, check him out. He's also on uh, Rumble and stuff, but he, he'll give you enough links if you check that out. Uh, but so he does another show like this. So I'm going to kind of run the day show. And then uh, he runs the night show. So eventually he'll be running the night brokerage and I'll be running the day brokerage if I do this right. But that being said, yes. So that's another show we're going to be doing. Um, I actually have, let me pull this up. Uh, Is it this one? Let's see if it's this one. So that's basically that show. So it doesn't really matter who you are. It's better. I'd like prefer if you have a YouTube channel, uh, so we can help promote your channel. But it's going to be basically talking, you know, about either the, the stuff that I normally talk about, and if there's any questions, I'll be diving into the research, and we'll actually check the information and see if what's being out there is actually honest information and things like that. So that being said, um, waiting for you to look for help for your brokerage. Yeah. That's what I've got uh, right now. I've got uh, one that I'm dealing with, so I've got to deal with this one first. But 
that being said, I'm going to go ahead and end this one here. Um, vote Sage for president, but that's how I would have handled it. Yeah, Nevada, definitely. That's fun. But if you want to come on, talk Russia, talk China, talk events that are going on with that during the day, definitely um, make sure you subscribe and stuff because I'll pull you in for that. We'll do it a different way. Um, I'll show you how we, I'm going to be pulling you in. It won't be through StreamYard. It'll be something called OBS Ninja. Um, so if you want to check that out and take a look at that, that's how I'll pull stuff in. Um, yeah, you can also come on, Char. So either way, but... Yes, 2024. So that being said, I'm going to go ahead and dive out of here. Um, thanks, everybody, for coming on. And let me close this up. Let me slide this over. Let me turn this off. And let me turn off this display and turn this on. So I want to thank everybody for swinging in. And this is what's going on with the AI. This is why they're all doing the same stuff. They're all giving you the same number. They're all giving you the same pricing. And because they've got this AI system and even it's through DAT called RateCast, you can look it up yourself and, and maybe you take a look at it and give it a trial run and then see if those numbers on RateCast jive with the numbers that they're giving you when that starts out. So that's definitely something you're going to want to take a look at. Um, and if, if it is, let me know, jump on, let's take a look at it. Cause I'm actually going to, I don't have them, but I'm going to call, uh, look into trade, um, truck stop and see if that's the same thing uh so that being said um i'm gonna dive out of here thanks everybody for swinging in check out the music see ya no no sometimes this life can get rough you get knocked down but you gotta get up I'd have been knocked down a thousand times Yeah, I traveled around a thousand miles Feeling so tired, but you know I can't stop now Came way too far, won't throw in a towel It ain't looking real good, but I won't give up Pac said that I gotta keep my head up So I ain't going nowhere, yeah, I'm standing right here Demons all around, but I ain't got no fear They kick me around, but I won't stay down I run this town, they backing down We going in rounds to get a physical blow But these roots are deep, I'm on my feet The underdog, and I won't be beat In the fire now, but I won't be burned I was waiting for this and now it's my turn Sweat on my face, blood in my eyes Been underground, now I aim for the skies Now you can last longer All these wounds only making you stronger Don't give up now, yeah, you gotta climb But we give it to all the in our face but we ain't gonna run never drift off course all we stay on mission won't slow us down cause we way too driven yet we put in these 10,000 hours you won't stop us cause we got the power whole world is watching and I hope they ready from here on out we a legendary you can kick me around but I won't stay down I run this town ain't backing down we going around to get a physical blow but these roots are deep